Welcome in everyone to Football Friday, presented by Football Addicts Anonymous. Might be changing that presentation soon. Uh, things are in the work, <laughs> like Mark and I were talking about literally right before the show. Um, but anyways, great to have Mark and Chris here. Everyone back together again. So um, we're gonna go fast and furious. We got a lot of games to go through. Got uh had some. Wednesday night football, I had some Thursday night football, college and NFL, so uh, let's get it rolling here. Miss you guys. Miss you too. So Wednesday night football, a shocker. Number 14, Coastal Carolina goes down in North Carolina, in Boone, North Carolina, to Appalachian State, 30-27. to uh, continues the streak of Coastal never winning at Appalachian State. Um, and also the only the second ranked win ever by Appalachian State. And everyone knows the only other one. Michigan. Number <laughs> 2000, 2007. Good old Michigan in the big house. Uh, Armani Edwards. But anyways, Chase Bryce. Very good. Coming off poor performance against Louisiana last week. Very good in this one. It was more of the running game, though. Nate Noel, Cameron Peoples, dominant on the ground. And uh, Coastal couldn't get enough offensively going, especially with their running game. Um, Grayson McCall, I thought, played fine, but uh, just wasn't enough. I uh, We were talking about making the show – shorter all i have to say is i know somebody that was in the stands texting me the entire game and he said i just feel like app is gonna win this and i said and he's a football coach in north carolina he took his young nephew to the game and he goes it has everything for an upset and i said okay let let let's hear it and at every turn there was an answer and i think a lot of it was you know, when I turned it on the TV, there was a lot of penalties in this game. If you, if no one watched it, and it was just neck and neck, and they came out on the winning side. Yes, Malik Williams uh, dominant in the receiving game as well. Ten for two hundred six and a touchdown. Um, he was fun to watch. Corey Sutton for App as well. Those two combined for three hundred and nineteen of. The 347 Chase Bryce threw for. Uh, and Javon Hiley also a 100 yard game once again. Um, part of the highly likely combination in Coastal. Defensively, I am going with Caleb Sperlin for Appalachian State. Five tackles, two solos, sack, sack and, uh, ta- one and a half tackles loss, and a quarterback hurry. App State plus four and a half, under 61. I lost money on Coastal Live money line. I didn't – before we move on, I didn't believe in Chase Bryce, but I saw some throws, and, and he redeemed what I thought was not a good performance. And they're, You know, at, at Clemson, Duke, and now. And they're in the driver's seat now in the Sun Belt East. Um, 
All right, last night, college football, there were four games. We're only going to go over two. Um, number 21, SMU, crushing Tulane, 55-26. to Tanner Mordecai, once again, marvelous performance, 427, three touchdowns, ran one in as well, 71% completion. Um, got 81 yards on the ground from, from Siggers, and a bunch of guys scored for the Mustangs. So, <laughs> Tulane's just a, a trash bin right now, so. Yeah, I was going to say, Tulane, I feel like they're normally better than a 1-6 in six record. This year, they just seem like they can't get anything right. It was it was the start of the season. Put all their effort into that Oklahoma game. Subsequently lost. Then they were still dealing with being away for a couple weeks because of the hurricane. Not having a home game. Um, oh yeah. So, yeah. Tough, tough situation. Danny Gray, 140 yards off eight receptions in this one for SMU. Good game there. Defensively, uh, there wasn't much, but I'm gonna go with Richard Moore. Uh, three tackles, two souls, tackle loss, and two quarterback hurries. But yeah, I love I love Tanner Mordecai is a man. Uh, he is a beast. Doesn't turn it over much, and throws a lot of touchdowns. <laughs> SMU covered minus fourteen over seventy one hit seventy one. A The other game last night in college, we're going to cover Louisiana squeaks one out at Arkansas State twenty eight twenty seven. Um, Levi Lewis was atrocious, but it was okay because his buddy Chris Smith and his other buddy Montrell Johnson said, we got you, bro. We're just going to combine for 388 rushing yards and four touchdowns and uh, go win this game on the ground. <laughs> That's insane. Johnson's rushing stats are misleading. He had a 99-yard touchdown run. Okay. But Smiths, Smiths are real. I believe 74 of those were on one touchdown run. Um, but the rest of it, you know. Sometimes that's all you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a lot of... Uh, yeah, 74 yards. And then there was another big play in this one as well, which was a 76-yard touchdown. Um Arkansas State Lane Hatcher to uh, Tay Valence Hunt there. So that took up most of his yards on the in leading the game and receiving. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you could ask for, from Lane Hatcher. Um, 303 touchdowns, better completion percentage probably, but 303 touchdowns, no interceptions is hard to hard to say no to. I would, I would take that all all day, every day. Yeah, the issue is that they had two drives that kicked field goals. That was the one-point difference. Louisiana scored four touchdowns. Arkansas State only scored three and two field goals. Defensively, uh, Joe Ozag- Ozagwu for Arkansas State. Eight tackles, seven solos, sacked three tackles for loss, and a quarterback hurry. Raging Cajuns looking good. 
they got the easy side of the Sun Belt though. They're on they're on the western side. Not many teams are good on the west. Uh, Arkansas State cover plus eighteen under seventy. Let's go to Monday Night Football. Titans shocker at home 34-31 over the Bills. We all know this should not have happened. Mm-hmm. It was like, I don't know, MetLife out there with the Josh Allen slipping on the grass on the fourth and inches. Look, look I could care less if this was supposed to happen or not. The storyline of this game is if Derrick Henry can keep this up for the next five or six years, mm-hmm. Emmitt Smith's record is going to be shattered. Now, I think the question that we need to all ask each other as a podcast is can he keep that up? The dude is bigger than – he's like a dinosaur running on the di- – on, I, I, I just thought to myself, how can you compare Derrick Henry to anybody else? And it has nothing to do with looks or anything, but I attribute it to being a dinosaur that takes a lot of people to take him down. Mm-hmm. And he has a shot at the all-time record if he can keep this up. We all know running back injuries. We know what can happen. But the dude is just – he reminds doesn't remind me of Marshawn Lynch in the way he runs, but he's the exact model of what Beast Mode is. And he drove this game, and if he keeps it up for the next five, six, seven, eight years, if he can put what I would say, if he can still run at the age of Frank Gore, he's going to have the all time rushing record. And that's. None of us picked the Titans, and is it a shocker? Mm-hmm. Yes, kind of no. But he dictated this game in so many ways, and he's he's a phenomenal running back. And we think about running backs. I think about Ladanian Tomlinson in my time frame. We we talk about Zeke or or Saquon when he's healthy. This is actually a guy that just runs, and you don't even have to worry about if he catches passes. Because he's that mm-hmm. good. No. Yeah, he's definitely the best pure runner in all of football. No, he won't break Emmett Smith's record. He won't last that long. I don't care. People have been saying that the last three years or whatever. I don't care. I'm going to continue to say it. It does. He's six four, two fifty. Um, and eventually. I, I... I agree with you on that. Eventually, but if they get a, that size, if they get a, if they get a different quarterback, maybe. I think Ryan Tannehill's fine. Um, it's uh, it's a perfect system for what what he does. But um, and plus, I don't think he's gonna break the record. Because look, he only had 143 yards off 20 carries. If you're gonna, you know, granted have an extra gain now every season um but how many of those are the titans gonna be already into the playoffs because they won their division because their division is so weak um that they're gonna be in the playoffs already because they already won their division how many weeks week 18 games are they actually gonna play their starters um 
No, but yeah, I just, I just looked up the stats because I was curious, and Derrick Henry still has twelve thousand yards to go to catch up to Emmett Smith. So yeah, it's going to be nearly impossible for him to do it unless, like Mark said, he plays to like the age of Frank Gore, or which I don't see happening. Or he averages fifteen hundred yards per per season. Um, which is tough to keep up. I don't know what his average is right now. It's probably around um, twelve hundred, I would think. Um, Eleven or twelve hundred yards per season, I would think, is what he's been around. Because I know the last three seasons, he's ran for around thirteen hundred ish. So, yeah, yeah, he uh, he's at sixty six hundred in one, two, three, four, five, six years. So. Yeah, he's 1, like 1,100 yards. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I would take, you know, 10, 10 more seasons, essentially, mm-hmm. to get there. Which I don't think he plays 10 seasons. Whether that's his body holding up or whether that's him personally saying, this is it. So. Um... But yeah, other than that, um, I was very close on my same-game parlay. Um, really, I needed Emmanuel Sanders to score. Stefan Diggs came up about seven yards short for me. Um, and I forget. He tied his brother, at least. Oh, Moss, Moss didn't get any any rushing yards that I needed, so... I believe Zach Moss was like 10 rushing yards short or something like that, 9. Oh. Yeah. It was close. It was very close. I, I thought Manuel Sanders was going to score, and uh, he should have for one time. But uh, anyways. This is what I was saying, though, in fantasy with the Buffalo receivers. I don't think that Sanders or Beasley are reliable fantasy options every week because one week one goes off, the other one doesn't get any catches, and then it flips. So, but you know what was great about Beasley in this game? He hadn't been doing much, and I started him last week in my dynasty league. And mm-hmm. I it was Cole. I was up by four going into the game. I started Cole Beasley against Stefan Diggs, and I won because Cole Beasley yeah. only got only got outscored by Diggs by like one point or something like that. Yeah, I'm still mad that I I decided to bench him last week, <laughs> and it cost me the game because I only lost by a point. But oh well. Uh, defensively, let's go Harold Landry. Eight tackles, five solos, two sacks. Tack Floss, two quarterback hits. The only guy that can actually rush the passer. I mean, even though Jeffrey Simmons did have a sack, but Harold Landry's their stud. Even though they're paying Bud Dupree to be the stud, but uh, it's really Harold Landry. Titans plus six, over 54. Last night, Thursday Night Football, Browns. Squeaking it out at home against the Broncos, 17-14. Neither quarterback wowed you. I mean, you could say that Case Keenum wowed you, but when you look at the stats, it's under 10 yards per completion. Um, had a good quarterback rating. Both did. Decent, anyways. I mean, over 100 is, is definitely better. But uh, the story was Dearness Johnson. 
I mean, mm-hmm. 22 carries, 146 touchdown, two receptions, 22 yards. Undrafted out of South Florida a couple of seasons ago. Sent Instagram messages to the AAF teams when that league started. Got signed. Uh, is it with the Apollos? I think so. The Orlando, uh-huh. the Orlando Apollos, I believe that's who he was with. And, uh, yeah, got a shot. He came in as a third-string running back. Chubb, Hunt both out here, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm telling you, if I were the Browns, I mean, I don't really, I can't think off the top of my head with the severity of Hunt and and uh, Chubb's injuries are, but I don't think they were significant to the point where they will need Dearness Johnson for the rest of the season. So, with the trade deadline approaching, I would consider putting him on the block if I were the Browns. Yeah, that means you'd have to trust Cash in when you can. You'd have to trust Demetric Felton to take the third running back role, which the rookie, I'm not sure yet. Um, but he's also more of a receiver than he is a running back. He's played both, though. Um, I was happy Javante Williams scored and got a lot of receptions, upped his points total to 17.2 last night. It was a nice night for him in fantasy. Um, Even though neither could get much going on the ground, the Broncos had no rushing game at all. And I was disappointed Tim Patrick didn't get as involved as I would have liked. Didn't even get close to my same game parlay of uh, Corlin Sutton and Tim Patrick <laughs> props. So uh, I, I I was disappointed in Noah Fant though. He, uh, I mean, he had an okay day. He got me like over eight fantasy points, but that's I feel like underachieving for him. I thought he could have gotten at least double digits. Yeah. Well, like Mark and I were talking about. There was no reason for the Broncos not to start Drew Locke in the second half, considering what Teddy Ridgewater did and what he looked like with his knee injury playing out there. So, um, but he did get him. He did get him close. He, I mean, he gave him a chance to win, anyways. But uh, shout out to Johnny Stanton, fullback, catching a one-yard touchdown pass there you go and um defensively a lot of good performances um and i'm gonna go on the broncos shelby harris four tackles three souls sack tackle floss quarterback hit and a blocked field goal um Browns covered minus two, under 40. I was excited. I hit. I got Broncos early, very early on in the week. When it was first announced that Kareem Hunt was going on IR, I was like, boom. And and that Baker might not play. I was like, dude, I got to lock in Broncos, Broncos right now. 
Luckily, I didn't go the money line route. I went the, the spread route. So I got the Broncos at plus four. Very happy about that. And I also have them in my teaser plus eight, um, which I was excited about as well. So. All right. NCAA news. I think this is the most NCAA news we've ever had, y'all. Um, mm. There is a lot going on right now, and it is like the wild, wild west out there. Um, we're going to start with coaches, though. So we already said last week um, Washington State fired head coach Nick Rolovich. He is now suing Washington yep. State University um, for illegal termination, among other things. Essentially that they terminated him because he refused – him and four of his assistants refused to get the COVID vaccine, which the – Governor mandated, um, put a mandate into effect that all state employees had to get the vaccine, and they refused. So Washington State said, okay, you're gone. Um, yeah, so I don't understand how he has a case at all to sue. Because what, the biggest thing he was bringing up was that they are Catholics, and that the religious beliefs of Catholics is to not get vaccinations. I think I don't know. I'm not. I'm not Catholic. I don't know that much about Catholicism to know specifically or exactly what um, if that's correct or not. But I did see one other thing in the article that said even though he's a Catholic and that he says it violates his religious beliefs, the Pope who, as we know, is the person that is the almighty power in the Catholic faith, said that people should get the vaccine. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how valid his claim it would be. I kind of brought this up just because I was in law school, too. Um, but it is an interesting situation. From from what I have read, this doesn't bode well for either sides. What Rolovich is saying is they determined this four months ago without him, and he was still doing research, and you hired me not as a Catholic affiliate, and so what do we do now? Your side says this, your side says this, so let's bring in lawyers, and I think when I say I, I think it's funny. It shouldn't be funny. Is both sides are gonna are gonna bring a case together, right? That says religious religious exemption versus non religious exemption. I don't. He, he's never gonna coach. Here's yeah. the bottom line. He's never gonna coach football at Washington State again. And what it's gonna work itself out is how much is. He owed versus how much he's not owed, if that makes sense. Yeah, I believe they and said... It's, it's always a money thing, right? It's always a money thing. Yeah, because I believe they said they weren't going to pay... They weren't required to pay the rest of mm-hmm. his salary. Mm-hmm. Um, and what what his law team, and he hasn't said this, is what they've said is he never said he wasn't going to get vaccinated... 
he was going to wait till the last minute, which could be a standoff, right? Like, we're going to go out and have a standoff. He could have done it at the midnight hour, and you turn, terminated him right before that. And I and that was what his play is, right? His, his whole his whole defense team is going to say that. There's nothing that said he wasn't going to get vaccinated at midnight hour. I would agree with him, though. It it make doesn't make sense that he was terminated now versus before the season. Um, granted, I mean, obviously that comes into play when the governor of Washington brought the mandate down. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, interesting. It's kind, of, it, it's, it's kind of an interesting story, but not at the same time because he's never going to coach there again. And so what's the monetary value? Yep. Um, one person that is going to coach for quite a long time still at his current place is Oklahoma State head coach Mike Gundy worked out an agreement with the university on a five-year deal. Um, so he is uh, a cowboy for years to come. Well-deserved. I, I, I agree with Chris to some extent. At the same extent, I wonder if he has a lot of what do you um, what what's a good word? A lot of plethora on the whole athletic department because he he himself has had some turmoils. Whether it's wearing a shirt on the lake in Oklahoma, and they they have different views versus the West and East, but yeah. He's won a lot of ball games. I'm not going to say anything about that. They're undefeated right now. That's why. Yet he's he's never been in a college football playoff though. Yeah. But. And I don't think anyone's going to come to Stillwater that's going to do any better than him. So I do agree with what Chris is saying. But he's had his hiccups, and and I kind of like that. In some ways, like you forgive people, you grow. He said, "I'm going to learn from my players." He never said, "Oh, I'm not. I'm set in my ways." I like that as somebody. Let's let's learn what from my mistakes, and I like that about him. Yes, always in contention for the Big Twelve championship yearly. It seems like, um, and I, I like him for the Big Twelve championship this year. So, mm-hmm. go beat freaking Oklahoma. I don't like Oklahoma anymore. Beat Bedlam. It's at it's in Stillwater this year, so. Um. All right, now let's get to my favorite college news. This is why I said it's Wild Wild West out here. So realignment, conference realignment. So we already had BYU, Houston. Um, <laughs> oh, what were the other ones? SMU, Houston, UCF, UCF, going to the Big Twelve, and we are, and now we have the American replacing their teams they lost. So they are adding from Conference USA, Charlotte, FAU, North Texas, Rice, UAB, and UTSA. 
six teams they're bringing in. It's going to make the American get up to 14 teams. Um, if you want me to take this as a resident expert, all I have to say is what I have been saying about the entire NCAA from the top down is you have to be proactive, and this is proactive. That doesn't mean that this this is going to put you in the Power Five because we know the Power Fives. What this is going to create is the one conference that's always going to be in the discussion if you bounce from four to six to eight to 12. You're always going to have a seat at the table. And I love it by the conference commissioner. I just absolutely love it. I hate that it is a wild, wild west. I am a fan from basketball that I know football broke up the best one of the best conferences in basketball was the Big East Conference basketball that will never be back, be the same. Mm-hmm. But it's being proactive, and I love it. So good on conference commissioner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, so, like I said, they're, they're going to lose Houston, Cincinnati, UCF. Um People would say it would be like a watered-down version, but the team that they're losing, I think they could compete in the Big 12. Yeah. Uh, But now, this brings into question Conference USA because today today they also lost more teams. They lost more teams today because... Conference USA is gone. The Sun Belt came in today, and they are pulling... From Conference USA, Marshall, Old Dominion, and Southern Miss. As well as the shocker that I did not see coming, James Madison is moving up from the FCS to the FBS into the Sun Belt. Here's the one one team I don't agree with in all of that. And the reason I don't agree with that is Marshall should go to the AAC. There is no reason that Marshall should attach them. I, I just, the way geographically, we're talking about all the teams that went in there, North Texas, UTSA, Marshall should attach themselves with the American Athletic Conference. That's the only one I don't agree with. Yeah, so this leaves Conference USA with Western Kentucky, Mid-Tennessee, FIU, UTEP, Louisiana Tech, and that's it. Five, I believe. And that conference is not going to exist. You can't have a conference with five people. They're going to go to different conferences for whatever reason. Do they actually have to, though? Because why not just bring in, you know, Liberty... UMass, New Mexico State, UConn, all independents right now. Um, they have to. They have to agree to that first. Those four be, teams. And I do. I, and that was that was the news, right? Will, will these teams attach themselves? Yeah, because if they bring if they bring those four, right. you know, it's it's up to nine, so you can have a conference with nine teams. Doable. There's conferences in FCS that have less that have, like, six teams. So, 
My, I just the one team that I don't understand what's going on because I think Marshall has a good product, if that makes sense. And all of them have good products. I don't want to, you know, James Madison has won a lot, but how did Marshall? Like, if I'm the AD at Marshall, I'm, I'm, I'm on the phone with the AAC, going, what? Why didn't you ask us? Because we've been in the last two. NCAA tournaments for basketball. We've had Randy Marshall and Byron Leftwich and and Chad Henney and all. Like, why didn't you? I there's just questions that I would have to ask at Marshall before someone asked me to help their conference survive without saying, "Hey, you you need I was, me." I was shocked by Charlotte. I was really shocked by Charlotte. Charlotte has had a meteoric rise. I mean, they, well, they just became an FBS team, I believe, in 2018. But that's the hub of the, like, East Coast, right? Like, you have Michael Jordan and the Charlotte Hornets. You you have a AAA team. You have a big right. media presence. I think that had a lot to do with it. Right. But I'm saying that they have just becoming an FBS team three years ago or whatever it was. And now they're already going to a better conference with more money. That's not not to backtrack, but with all those invites, we said there was how many teams in the AAC now? There would be fourteen, I believe, if I counted right. That's an even number, so you could have seven and seven on both sides. If they go back to a divisional set up because they they did away with that this year so if they didn't have a divisional setup why don't i I'm, i just don't understand why marshall is and i'm with you charlotte is just a new football program how did marshall get left out i i'm scratching my head on that one not everybody's gonna agree with me i just don't know how marshall was left out i don't know they wanted too much money, probably. <laughs> well, hey, that's what runs everything, right? I was really shocked by James Madison as well. I, I did not see them coming up to the FBS. But James Madison's a very good program. so It, it, it is. It is. And now the Sun Belt is loaded. James Madison, oh, yeah. App State, Coastal, Louisiana, and also... Uh, if we want to include Marshall in that category. Well, I mean, and maybe that's something that they – I haven't thought about that. There's a difference between a brand name and being loaded because the Sun Belt is loaded. Maybe Marshall said, you know what, you have more names in your programs, but we have a better product. I think the Sun Belt could become the next AAC with what the AAC is losing. And I, and 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 you know what's not fair for me to say is, Marshall probably got an ex, probably got an invite. When when people talk about someone got an invite and they accepted it, that means they want to move. Marshall could have said, "No, I think we're good," because you can still dominate it, not dominate it, but there's good people coming into our conference, and our personal brand is still good enough. No one ever talks about declined invitations because they rarely happen, I feel like. Um, but I, I would actually like to see how many people decline, like the Big 12. 
decline the AAC. I would like to, because no one, that won't be public. But yeah, um, I believe they said as early as this weekend or, or early next week that could be official. Um, these teams going to the Sun Belt. Um, the 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 American teams are are official that those teams got their applications accepted by the conference, but the Sun Belt ones are not official official yet. Should be coming in the next couple of days though. And twenty twenty four, I believe, is the big year for teams to move from the AAC. Um, obviously, we know they can get out earlier if the conferences negotiate a lesser settlement. All right, NFL news. The uh, Eagles, they opened the practice window for tight end Tyree Jackson coming off IR. Great to hear that. Uh, with the Zach Ertz trade, they needed a new a, a backup and uh, played pretty well in preseason. So excited to see him come off of IR. The Saints, they designated linebacker Quan Alexander, defensive end Marcus Davenport, and wide receiver Traquan Smith to return from IR. Um, all, all much-needed additions to that team. So, glad to see them all coming back. Yes. Bunch of reinforcements coming, possibly even as soon as the Monday night game um, against the Seahawks in Seattle. The Colts, they activated quarterback Sam Ellinger from IR. Uh, we will talk about the other quarterback implications that that had on, on Indy. Uh-huh. The Browns, before last night's game, they placed running back Kareem Hunt uh, with his calf injury and linebacker Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa with his ankle injury on IR. Patriots did the same with linebacker Chase Winovich. Colts also... Placing uh, wide receiver Paris Campbell on IR. He had um, successful surgery, potentially season-ending surgery on his knee, I believe it is. You never want to root for somebody to get hurt, but that helps me a lot in uh, fantasy being a uh, being an owner of Michael Pittman. I feel. So. I feel. Uh, but <laughs> it is terrible. Um, he was a guy I had a lot of hope for coming out in 2017 as a, um, what was it? I can't remember what draft pick, what round he got drafted by the Colts. But um, had a lot of hope for him. And I know I, I'm pretty sure I even drafted him in our initial Dynasty League draft. Um, I think I did anyways. And then I kept him for a season and then he got hurt and then he got hurt again. So just can't stay on the field. Nope. Um, Falcons today, they placed pass rusher Dante Fowler on IR. COVID-wise, uh, the Bengals, they activated running back Samaje Pirine from the COVID list. And the Bears, they placed both linebacker Robert Quinn and tight end Jimmy Graham on the COVID list. Injury-wise here, Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield expected to need surgery at the end of the season. Um on his torn labrum, and actually during Fox's NFL halftime, I didn't know this, but Jay Glazer said that he also has a fracture in his shoulder as well Ooh. as the torn labrum. Um, so I have no idea how Baker is playing or is planning I was on say, playing. He, he's actually... 
Yeah, he. I mean, I mean he plan. He plans to play it out the rest of the season. So. <laughs> running backs, but against. Yeah, internet internet is great right now. Um, and it doesn't say it's mine for once. Yeah, it might be mine. I just <laughs> went through a desktop, but I think I'm I think I'm good now. Yeah, yeah, you are. So uh, go back like forty five seconds. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not good, Chris. <laughs> you're not good, Chris. I can't understand what you're saying right now. So, um, <laughs> but <laughs> we'll move on, right, Mark? We'll move on. Uh, the Titans they play. Uh, they are going to be without corner Caleb Farley. He tore his ACL and is done for the year. Big blow to their secondary that already sucks. And a big blow to their first-round pick. Bills tight end Dawson Knox, he uh, has a broken hand. He's not going to miss too much time. Um, He did have surgery on the bone that he broke, so shouldn't miss too much time anyways. The Ravens, they have lost left tackle Ronnie Stanley for the season. Um, He had ankle surgery, and he is now the 17th raven to go on ir that just makes it even more amazing what the ravens have been able to do so far they've lost so many players yet they're one of the best teams in the league right now yeah they kicked alejandro villanueva back over to left tackle and it seems to be working giants uh they placed offensive tackle andrew thomas on ir he has a left ankle and a right foot injuries um he's gonna miss at least the next three games Colts, uh, safety Julian Blackman, he tore his Achilles. He is done for the year. And some injury updates for this weekend. Um, The Bucks, guys that they won't have are tight end Rob Gronkowski. He has his ribs injury still. Uh, wide receiver Antonio Brown is out with an ankle. Linebacker Levante David also has an ankle injury. And corner Richard Sherman is out with a hamstring injury. The Giants, they are going to be without running back Saquon Barkley dealing with his ankle injury. Wide receiver Kenny Galladay, who has a knee injury. And wide receiver Kadarius Toney, who has an ankle injury. Questionable for the Giants, tight end Evan Ingram with a calf. Wide receiver John Ross, wide receiver Sterling Shepard, and wide receiver Darius Slayton all dealing with hamstring injuries. They got a hamstring problem in, in New York. 
Um, Niners, their quarterback situation, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start on Sunday night football at home against the Colts. Quarterback Trey Lance dealing with an ankle injury. He is out. But it wouldn't have mattered had Trey Lance been good to go or not. The plan was always to start Jimmy G when he was healthy. Um, I was kind of shocked by this. Washington football team, they cut kicker Dustin Hopkins this uh-huh. week, um, elevating kicker Chris Blewett up to um, the active roster rookie. I believe he's a rookie out of Memphis. Um, I could be wrong on the Memphis thing too, but I'm pretty sure he's from Memphis. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think I think that might have been the, the most shocking news of the week for me because I didn't think that Hopkins was all that bad of a kicker. Yeah. Um, I, I, but, yeah, he he's out, and I'm <laughs> sure it won't take him too long to get latched onto another team. Yeah. Um, just trying to see if I was right on the whole Memphis thing. I was not. Pitt. Oh, that's right. That's right. Pitt. And he's not on, he's not a rookie. But he went undrafted in 2017 and hasn't played ever. With the Bears practice squad in 2019 and uh, now with Washington. so That's a very interesting choice of kickers for them. Right. There's a bunch of other ones out there. Um, so I mentioned Sam Ellinger getting activated off of IR for the Colts. That necessitated waving quarterback Jacob Eason, um, who is now a Seattle Seahawk, claimed off waivers by the Seahawks. So intriguing situation. Do they stick well, he with was, Gino? I think they do for now because Gino had a pretty good game except for the game-losing fumble against the Steelers. Um Especially this week, even though it is a long week or whatever, he's going to start this weekend. Yeah. I mean, on Monday night against the Saints. But depending on how he does it Monday night, they might make the switch. But I'm still kind of surprised about the whole situation because wasn't Easton only a draft pick last year? Like yes. in 2019? Yes, 2020, yeah. 2024 rounder. Oh, yeah. So Sam Ellinger, 21 sixth. Yeah, I mean, I think that kind of spelled the end for him to begin with when they drafted Ellinger. But still, I thought that they were high on Eason and they were going to develop him. But yeah, clearly they uh, didn't, and they couldn't even find a trade partner for him, so they ended up cutting him, and now he's in Seattle. But uh, they didn't cut him; they waived him. That's the same thing. No, it's not. No, it's not because you don't. You're not a free agent until you get until you clear waivers, which he didn't. The Seahawks claimed him. Um, but yeah, just another Georgia quarterback sucking at the NFL level, right, Mark? (laughs) Even though he got drafted as a Washington quarterback. I don't know where Mark is at. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, Matthew, I'm here. Hold on. Hold on. Matthew Stafford's really the only Georgia quarterback I know that has actually been a successful NFL quarterback. 
I I forgot that he went to Georgia. Best Georgia quarterback we've had <laughs> in the league. Yeah, and he still hasn't he still hasn't won the uh, Super Bowl yet. Yeah, he, he could this year though. He won't this year. He'll he'll get into the playoffs at least. Um, the Chargers. They signed wide receiver Andre Roberts, released by the Texans. Really great signing there. Get um, upgraded special teams in the return game. Packers, they had a nice signing this week as well, signing defensive end Whitney Merciless, also released by the Texans. Um, Definitely needed pass rush help in Green Bay. And then uh, the Panthers, they signed running back Amir Abdullah also just like Robert's going to help them on special teams. Um, and I believe he will come in as the third. I think he, oh, yeah. will, he will supplant Rodney Smith and um, Royce Freeman as the third running back and be the third down guy um, right now. I, I think he's definitely the best pass catcher that they have on that roster. So, Yeah. Yeah, One, until CMC comes back. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's all the NFL news I got. I didn't see anything else on the Twitter feed, so uh, we're going to move on here to our college picks. College Let's do standings. It. And I, guys, I have been terrible last week, two weeks in college and NFL. So, Mark and Chris both tied 18 and 7. Mark still holds a one game lead over Chris. I was, like I said, terrible once again. Um,. I am now six back of Mark, five back of Chris. So, great times. I I can't seem to break that tie with Mark. He keeps <laughs> matching me. I don't well, like it, Mark. Well, the games that we differed on last week, um, Mark sniped us with picking Utah over Arizona State. Uh, Chris, you got Oklahoma State lone wolf correct. And uh, but you lost that lone wolf on the Wyoming lone wolf. Got shut out. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a dumb choice on my part. <laughs> um, and then I lone wolfed. I lost both. I lone wolfed BYU against Baylor and uh, Louisiana Tech against UTEP. So that's pretty much where you got a lone wolf to to get back in, in the play. <laughs> Which he did this week. He did. We'll see. So we have a lot of games this week. I know. I put a bunch of games on here this week. That's because it's week eight in college football. I decided two losses now. There's enough teams. There is enough that there's a smallish number of two-loss teams out there that we can pick two-loss team games as well. Not the case on the two Friday games that we have on the slate. Uh, Actually, one does have two losses. But this game I put on because I think this is going to be a tremendous game. Uh, American Conference Showdown, Memphis at UCF in the big in the bounce house um, in Orlando. And I was kind of surprised that we were all on Memphis. Um, it has gone down by a half a point. It's one and a half for the Tigers now. I just love their offense. Seth Hennigan, Calvin Austin, the receiver. Um, and then Brandon Thomas at running back. That's it's gonna be offensive fireworks. So I uh, I thought maybe me 
myself picking Memphis, you guys were different. Sometimes I go, I'll roll with one of you guys. So I'm pretty surprised on all of us on Memphis. And saying that, I think UCF wins now. Because every time all of us pick the same team without saying, what's the other one picking? We always lose. Um, Pretty much, yeah. But I love Memphis offense versus UCF. Maybe they have a home field advantage for UCF. I don't know. But Memphis can move the ball. Oh, they have. The home field advantage. It's not called the bounce house for nothing. Um, and especially at 7 p.m. in Orlando. Um, uh-huh. I don't know if it's their fall break there. It is. It's our undergrad fall break here. We don't know what a fall break is in law school. So um, <laughs> if it's their fall break, that means their students have been getting drunk since Thursday, since last night. So. <laughs> They're going into the stadium two days in on uh, drinking, so. Over-under is 64. I like the over. Like I said, I think uh-huh. I, ex- I expect offensive fireworks. Both teams to score in the 30s. Oh, yeah. 7 p.m. ESPN 2 tonight. The other game on the tap for tonight that we are picking, there's actually four games tonight, but we're only going to pick two. Colorado State at Utah State. Massive uh, Mountain West showdown. Mark is on the Aggies by himself. He's going to get us on Utah again. No, I I actually think Colorado State will win this. I looked up the lines, predictions. No one picked Utah State. And I know Rusty gets tired of the same old boring thing, so I want to be the antagonist, and I picked Utah State. I I don't believe that they'll win this game. My reason, Colorado State, you look at the opponents that each has played. Colorado State's two uh, two of their three losses, a a three-point loss to Vanderbilt, who we know sucks, but it's still an SEC team. And a 10-point loss to Iowa. Um, in Iowa. And like a lot of people have been saying, Colorado State is on the come-up. They have beaten San Jose State 32-14 and New Mexico 36-7 the last two games. They also have a 22-6 win over Toledo, who's not doing that well this year. But Tyson Teo and uh, Trey McBride, who has been flying under the radar as one of the best tight ends in the con in the country. Um, I like them over, over, over Logan Bonner and, uh, the Aggies. So mm-hmm. I honestly went with it just cause I wanted to be different. And you're going to win just because of that. <laughs> over under is 59. Um, I like the under, like I said, Colorado state's defense, I think is very good. They average giving up only 19 points per game. Um, so, that's why. 9.30 CBS Sportsnet. Let's go to tomorrow. I'm not a big fan of uh, this week's slate of games in terms of um, com- competition. Uh, no. This is a huge point difference. But, it's, but, but next week's no. games, I am, I'm going to be over the moon for next week. Number two, Cincinnati uh, heading to Annapolis to play Navy. 28 points for the Bearcats. They'll cover. Um, let's move on. <laughs> well, I, I just wanted to say, I know I normally do the 
military thing, but I couldn't do it in this game. <laughs> Chris didn't want to take the L. <laughs> I, I just couldn't do it in this one. I picked Why all the other you? military. I picked all the other military games or teams in in our slate, but this one, there's absolutely no chance that Navy wins this game. Chris isn't picking Navy in the rest of the year. <laughs> uh, over under is forty nine, and I like the over. Obviously, I think Cincinnati can score forty nine by themselves. <laughs> They're gonna have another defensive touchdown this week. I don't know if it's going to be Kobe Bryant because he's a corner and maybe he doesn't throw the ball because they're a triple option, but maybe he maybe he takes a fumble back to the house. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan. I, I really like Kobe Bryant in that secondary for the Bearcats. Mm-hmm. Um, 12 p.m. ESPN 2. See, they don't even get on regular ESPN because they know. <laughs> Number three, Oklahoma heading to Kansas to play the Jayhawks. Uh, yeah, another stinker. 38 and a half for the Sooners. And I I wouldn't be shocked if they cover because Kayla Williams looked phenomenal against TCU last week. They're they're a different team with him. And you just got to ride ride the wave. How difference it is he a difference maker to get them to the as long as they stay undefeated they have a shot at the final four. The difference in Caleb Williams versus Spencer Rattler, his running ability. Spencer Rattler, well, I feel like, is regarded as a dual threat, but he's not the kind of running threat that Caleb Williams is. I also think that, in my opinion, from the outside looking in, it looks like they're rat they're they're rattling behind him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's something, you know. Spencer said about them, or you're not doing a good enough job, but they look like they want him under center in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. like the, like the players, not the coaches. And it's not just it's not just the players; it's the entire school. Yeah, I, I told you, my family lives in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. They're 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 Mizzou fans, but have adopted Sooners. Some of the people that they live with that I've befriended in their neighborhood that know that I'm at Georgia, they've texted me and say, Caleb is the answer. And I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> Over under 67. Can Kansas score enough? Or can they score at all against Alex Grinch's defense? To, t- I don't think so. to get it even close. Because I don't think Oklahoma's scoring 67. Um I don't know if they even score over 50. They they probably will. They'll probably get to, you know, eight. If they score eight touchdowns, you know, that's 56. So 58 to three. To three? 58 to three. Okay. I wanted to clarify. It sounded like 30 a little bit. <laughs> it sounded like, sound like 30. I was like, wait. Uh, 12 p.m. ESPN. So that one's not much better. Um ESPN, ESPN too. <laughs> All right, Big Ten Northwestern at number six, Michigan. Uh, Wolverines getting twenty three and a half. Now, I will say this: take the points with Northwestern, because mm-hmm. Pat Fitzgerald will be able to uh, 
get into Harbaugh's mind a little bit. And once again, Michigan, while they're undefeated, th- their quarterback is not. I don't believe in Cade McNamara. So, is this the upset then? No, I don't think Northwestern has enough um, in terms of their quarterback situation. They have enough to run the ball, but that's what both teams do. And I don't think they – I think Michigan's defense can hold Northwestern's offense down enough that Michigan can win. But I'm just saying I don't think they blow them out. I think Northwestern can handle themselves. Their <clears throat> and Northwestern's defense is a little bit of a shell of itself from what they did last year, but I still think they're good enough. They can hold it to within the spread. So. <laughs> over under is 51 and I like the under both really good defenses 12pm on Fox big noon kickoff Illinois the Illini head to Happy Valley face number 7 Penn State Nittany Lions getting 23 and a half Actually, now the same spread as Michigan. Um, and we'll have to see. We will have to see. I would assume, I mean, I haven't actually looked it up, but I would assume because they're getting 23 and a half, I don't think that's necessarily just because it's Penn State. I think that means that Clifford's playing. Hmm. But it says. I still don't like the 23 and a half, though. Uh, it says the so they split quarterback or they split reps with all with three all three of their top three quarterbacks on Wednesday. So, like I said, I don't think they necessarily need to play Clifford though to win this game. I think Taquan Robinson can Roberson can win it himself, and with the defense that they have, they can get the running game going with Noah Kane and uh, Devon Lee. And the rest of their backs, I think they should be able to win without Sean Clifford. Because they'll need him next week. Next week's the big one. The start of the gauntlet that is Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State. Um, so, not in a row, but Ohio State is next week. So, they... Clifford has to be as close to 100% as he can going into that game. I don't think that they need him to win this game. So, Over-under is 46. And I'm going under. Yeah. Penn State's defense too good. <laughs> and I think that hinges on who plays quarterback, like you said. They don't need Clifford. Yeah. 12 p.m. ABC, and I will be, I will be uh, watching this one at Buffalo Wild Wings. At least a portion of it, anyways. Is that where all the law students? I guess. No. I will. Study? I will be with. I will be with fellow law law students. Though. All right, number 16, Wake Forest at Army, and Chris is taking the L. 
Mark, we're getting a win. High five. No. Come on, Mark. Give <laughs> hey, I wanted to go with the with the military school, but Wake Forest is is. I went at the quarterback position. Yes. If it wins this, it's because the defenses are pretty stout both ways. I and maybe I should as a military member side with them, but. I'm Navy, not Army, <laughs> and so I went Wake Forest, and I just I like their quarterback better, dude. Uh, I mean, I know, like I like we've said, I do the military thing, but obviously that's not always true. See the Navy game that we just went over, but for this game, I actually do believe in Army. I mean. You already touched on it, Mark. Their defenses are similar. And I think when it comes down to it, I like the Army's run game in this one. I think that they can what like they can control the game with their run game. They can control the clock and all that. And their defense can take care of Wake Forest's offense. And they're going to win this one in a low-scoring game. It's not. 27-24, I'm... One of these teams are going to win. Army can't score that much. Look at their last two games. They put up stinkers on offense. 16 against Ball State and 14 against Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin's defense is pretty solid. But, again, they can't score. Not like Wake Forest can. Wake Forest averaging 38 points per game. They are putting up points and points and points. Sam Hartman, Jakari Robinson. Uh, Still... I still Roberson. think it's a I still think it's a field goal game either way whether Army wins or Wake Forest I still think it's a field goal. I don't think it's going to be that. And, close. and I didn't even look at the point. I didn't even look at the point differential. It's look at it. It's right there. Wake Forest giving up twenty one points per game. Army's giving up twenty. So I, I yeah I don't I don't believe in Army's offense enough anymore. So. Over-under is 53, and, I mean, Mark likes under, so. I like the over, though. I think Wake Forest is going to put up their normal amount of points. Army's going to score about 14, like they have been the last two weeks. 21. 12 p.m., CBS Sportsnet. Big 12, Kansas State at Texas Tech. It is I think a pick I think, I think Chris might win this game. Hey, I only I only went with them because they are the home team. That's pretty much it. Yeah, because it is a pick 'em game. Uh, the only reason I went was to try to tack on a game on people. Does that mean? I think this is obviously it's a pick 'em. You so roll with me though. I knew who you were going to pick. <laughs> That's the thing. I knew you were going with the purple. I went with Deuce Vaughn and Skylar Thompson. That's who I went with. I, I It's going to be very even. That's why it's a pick em game. And it, it should be a pretty good game. Even besides the point that Texas Tech is 5-2. and two. 
throw out the records if you talk about these two teams, right? You Even in the past. Let's not spend 10 minutes. However, you go back to Snyder and then the new coach. We know that they want to be run heavy and they, they, they want to be smash mouth. You go to Texas Tech. They throw it across the field from Mahomes to whoever has always been. I think they have a home field advantage. However, I look at this after Saturday and go, Kansas State is 3-4, and four, Texas Tech is 6-2. Nope. <laughs> Deuce Vaughn, Deuce Vaughn, Deuce Vaughn. Or I said that 4-3. and three. Sorry, I said that. I actually said that. That is not even my pick. Sorry. It's... Three and four, or four and three and five and three. Yes. Uh, Over-under is 61, and I think for Kansas State to win, it has to go under. Probably. That's why I'm picking the over. It goes back to their first win that no one thought, I I just believe they're going to get back to that football. I mean, their defense is really good, 24 points per game, but they're only scoring about 27. So, I said the record's about three times wrong. 12 p.m. FS1. Wow. Maxion. Whoa! We got Maxion. Whoa, no, no, no. Whoa, Wisconsin-Purdue. No, no, no. That one's, that one's after. Okay. Northern Illinois at Central Michigan and... I'm on the Huskies. I did this before. I did it when they played Wyoming because it's Rocky. They have Rocky. That, that's the only reason <laughs> I bet against you, and I would love for you to win this game. And the, and I actually think Northern Illinois is a better team, but I said he let me down, so I'm not picking him. <laughs> that, that, that really is what it comes down to. I'm not lying. He made me so mad. I said I'm not picking Northern Illinois. Mm-hmm. I contemplated it, too. I almost went with them, too, but I couldn't go against Central Michigan. Yeah, it, it's – I don't know if it's going to be as close as I think it will. Um, four and three, five and two teams. The issue that I have with Northern Illinois, though, is that they're, they're giving up more points than they let in, even at five and two. They're giving up 30, and they only score 28 points per game. <laughs> So how are they five and two? Don't ask me. Uh, probably because they beat Maine forty-one to fourteen, and probably they got skewed because they lost to Michigan sixty-three to ten. So, same thing with Central Michigan's numbers, though they lost to LSU forty-nine twenty-one. So, I do. I'm a I'm a big believer in what we talked about. Just big time quarterbacks, even coming from power fives and dropping down. But the one time that I rolled with him, he disappointed me. And okay. so I said, I'm I'm rolling with the home team. It's okay. They got they have a they have a conference to go in. So Rocky Lombardi's gonna get it done. Over under is fifty seven and uh let's let's go just under like I said, NIU scoring twenty eight, Central Michigan's twenty seven points per game. So very close. Um Take the points with the Huskies, at, at the very least, if you want. 12 p.m. ESPNU. See, Mark, now it's Wisconsin at number 25, Purdue. And we are all on the Boilermakers. Wow. 
I don't know how Wisconsin I, is reasonably favored I in did, this game. I did not see this coming. I thought one nope. of us would have Wisconsin. Uh-huh. How? I mean, what has Wisconsin done this year? Absolutely nothing. Graham Mertz is terrible. Their defense is the only reason they are 3-3. Three and three. The absolute only reason they are 3-3. Three and three. And that they've gotten some easy opponents and, and are able to run the ball in certain games. But Purdue is on a high. Coming off the monumental win at Iowa last week, their defense, which I didn't know this until I watched that Iowa game, is lights out. They're giving up 14 points per game right now. Well, we talked about it last night before the Broncos-Browns game, and I, I, I admitted I didn't understand how Purdue was playing lights out. And they've knocked off some big teams in the last two years that no one would talk about. Mm-hmm. But you, this is a game that I get scared of that Wisconsin figures it out. We know their identity has always been running the ball and low scoring, but they haven't been able to do that this year. And they're, they're so familiar with each other, I thought one person would, would pick Wisconsin. Well, that's I, think, I think Purdue wins this game, but just because we all picked it, this is one of those games where we're all going to look at each other and go, dang it, dang it, dang it. Uh-huh. Well, it's at, it's at home. It's also at in West Lafayette. So I like that aspect as well. And um, if Aiden O'Connell can continue to play the way he did last week, um, I think they should be in a good position. Only issue is Purdue's only scoring 23 points per game right now. Wisconsin's not good either. They're only scoring 19 points per game. They give up 19 points per game. Hence, their 3-3 record. If Purdue keeps it below 30... Which Wisconsin doesn't score a lot. However, if it goes twenty-seven or thirty points, I think that's when Wisconsin has a point. That's, has I don't a think so. I don't think so. I don't, I, th- I don't think Wisconsin can score enough with Graham Mertz at the quarterback position because they got blown out twice this year by Michigan and uh, I just had it up here. I still think Michigan's way and Notre better. Dame. Than Notre Dame and Michigan, yeah. they got blown yeah, out. Yeah, but I by. think those are the two teams yeah. that. That would be drastically better than Purdue. Yeah, I agree with Mark. Well, Purdue didn't get blown out by Notre Dame, did they? They only lost by 14. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Blemish on Purdue, though, is that they lost to Minnesota. That's What I would tell anybody that's listening to any podcast, anytime that I look back at previous – and that's what people do, right? They, They base it off on previous games. This would be the one that you go, okay, Notre Dame's way better than Purdue and Michigan's way better than Purdue. And maybe the game schemes were different. And I hope Purdue wins this because we all picked it. But if they don't, then Purdue never deserved to be number 25. Does that make sense? Uh, I think Purdue's going to do exactly what Notre Dame did to Wisconsin. Pick off Graham Mertz, take it to the house. Not necessarily take it to the house, but they picked off Spencer Petras four times last week, and they're going to get Graham Mertz at least twice this week. And I never was a fan of Petras. I thought Iowa was a championship team without a good quarterback. 
Over-under is low, 41. Like I said, 14 points against for Purdue, 19 yeah. points against for Wisconsin. But I think it goes over. Purdue's going to score enough. I don't know. Hey, man, I picked the over in the Penn State-Iowa game, so they don't get on me on these low unders. <laughs> Before we move on, Purdue's head coach, I do forget his name, is a phenomenal coach and someone – it. I'm not saying he needs to leave because it's still a Power 5 conference. But if I'm Vanderbilt, if I'm Mississippi State, if they want to get rid of Mike. Um, well, we I already have two openings, Washington State and LSU. So, oh, I, I, If I'm LSU, I would go get them. I would. I mean, that's a different conversation, so let's move on. Uh, 3 p.m. Big Ten Network. I think he's a phenomenal coach. Number eight, Oklahoma State at Ames to face Iowa State. <laughs> Marcus Lone Wolf in the Cyclones. Holy I figured crap. someone I knew someone Iowa would State take him. Is favored? I knew someone would take him. That's fine. I didn't even know Iowa State was favored. Well, you know what? FPI ESPN's FPI is giving Iowa State a seventy eight percent chance to win this game. Why? Yeah. I thought I was taking the underdog. That's the only reason I took them. Nope. Um, I don't look at the – okay, here's something that I need to tell our fans, and we're going to grow the fan base. I don't look at injuries the way that other people might look at injuries. I don't look at the against the spread. I really thought I was taking an underdog, and I just wanted to pick someone different. I didn't realize they're favored. Now I don't like this. I wish I could change it. I thought I was taking an underdog. Mm. They're well, four and two, six and zero. Oh. Well, and it what's crazy is is that Oklahoma State's won four in a row in Ames. Well, the streak ends this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Iowa State has been playing a lot better football of recent, but I'm going yeah. with your cousin, Mark Jalen Warren. Is going to keep know. it rolling. And uh, Spencer Sanders, I like that offense. They've had some issues. The defense has held up enough. And Iowa State's defense is very good. 16 points against per game. Very, very good defense. Brace Hall coming off a, a career, uh, his season high at 197 against Kansas State last week. But I'm on the Cowboys. The one thing that, the one thing that would work in my favor is – I do believe that Sanders throws an interception or fumbles at least one time. And what is the score of the game at that point? And Iowa State wins. If he has, if Sanders has zero turnovers, this is going to look like the stupidest pick ever. And I thought that Oklahoma State was favored by seven. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I don't always look up all this. But Anyways, and I just thought I was picking an underdog, and I'm the only one that's picking the team with more losses at home, and it looks like a bad pick. And so, mark my words, uh, there's one loss for me. Now, I I thought that I was going to be the one that was lone wolf in this one because uh, I know Rusty likes Iowa State, so I thought he was going to go with Iowa State. They've been so terrible. Not with how, not with how Oklahoma State's been playing. They just beat Texas last week, so 
I know, and we all picked Texas. We no, all no. Picked Chris, Texas. Chris Lone Wolf the Cowboys last week, but. Well, yep. Uh, yep. I've been on Oklahoma State all all season, and I'm sticking with them in this. Over on your forty. Go ahead. Plus, plus, the, I was just saying that their coach just got that new contract, right? So yeah, I think it's a. I think it's breathing room, and that's what scares me. I think they play better after that. Over under is forty seven. Um, it's, it's tough. It'll be it'll be very close because of how good both defenses are. Who can run the ball better? That's who wins. Don't talk to me tomorrow. <laughs> 3.30 on Fox. Number 10, Oregon at UCLA. Another... Oh, yeah. None of you guys wanted to UCLA. <laughs> another <laughs> another ranked team on the road that is the underdog. Um, this one's at the Rose Bowl. UCLA's... UCLA is not a good 5-2 and two team, I feel like. We we already know we've talked about DTR and how we feel about DTR, <laughs> but um, Oregon's not they, playing that well either. So how is it favored? Because Oregon barely beat Cal on a Thursday night on a Friday night last week. Yeah, but that that's that's conference, and we still know. Who but the that best was in team. Eugene. That was we still know Eugene. the best defensive player in all of college football. This is true. And he sh- I hope he wrecks DTR all day. Um, and I don't like either one of these quarterbacks. I don't like either one of these quarterbacks. I think the difference is is that Anthony Brown, I don't know. Both are running, have the capability to run a lot. And uh, I think it's a, it sets up kind of like Oklahoma State, Iowa State. It's whoever runs the ball best because that's how Oregon beat Cal is – they came back against Cal by running the ball with uh, Dye, Travis Dye and Anthony Brown. And we already know what UCLA can do with Britton Brown and Zach Charbonnet and JTR. Right. So. Nothing about who wins this game. Metaphorically, if Oregon loses this game, there's no way the Pac-12 is even in the picture. There's already no way the Pac-12 is in. Not with Cincinnati there. I I agree, and I want Cincinnati, but what if Oregon has a one loss? What if they are one loss? No? There's already too many. There's Georgia and Alabama, and there's four Big Ten teams up there. Well, Georgia and Alabama are not going to go unscathed because they'll either meet each Yes, other. but I'm saying there's four Big Ten teams up there. And we talked about that but that's just they all got to play each that, other, though. That makes our show better, though, talking about that. Mind. That's the only thing. Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State all got to play each other in the last five, six weeks of the year. I um, hope Cincinnati is there, FYI. For they don't play anyone the rest of the season until the conference championship game when they play SMU, hopefully. Um, over-under is 61, and I am going under. Under sixty-one. Yes. I think if it goes over, then UCLA wins. Does that make sense? There's it has to stay under. Like I said, a lot of running. I think both teams are running a lot in this game, um, just to save their quarterbacks from making mistakes. Uh, Three thirty, ABC. Chip Kelly, LSU. Oh, oh, sorry. 
LSU at number 12, Ole Miss. Matt Corral and the Rebels favor by nine against a semi-fired Ed Orgeron. I guess that's what you can call him at this point. Semi-fired. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch LSU the rest of the year if they play for Ed O or not. He's already yeah, I, he's already fired. I I would say yes. The one thing that that Coach O always dignified or represented was the state, and you're never going to take away that that championship. And that's a lot more than any coach ever did anywhere they went. Chip Kelly revolutionized the way that you call offense, but he doesn't have a national championship. Coach O does. But there were so many mitigating circumstances that he couldn't be there. But they're not a very good team right now. They're not a very good team. And maybe Max Johnson has a great game, but Lane Kiffin's going to score 58 to their 38, right? That, that's what's going to happen this weekend. Yeah, I think Matt Corral will continue his Heisman chase in this one against LSU, who just gave up 42 to Florida last weekend. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be fun. And it's not, he's not going to get hit with golf balls. It's going to be a fun the, time. Or mustard. And uh, I forgot to mention this earlier. We did have our first game kickoff tonight. It's not one of the ones that we were picking, but uh, Mid-Tennessee and UConn. At UConn, um, the worst. <laughs> they are playing right now over on CBS Sportsnet. Zero zero seven minutes to go in the first quarter. Might of course, it's zero zero. And the other, the other game that we didn't pick tonight: Washington at Arizona. Washington two and four. Arizona zero oh and six. That one, uh, Washington seventeen and a half point favorites. Uh, Ten thirty ESPN two. I don't. I don't think Washington ever thought they would be in the basement. Did Arizona think they were going to be zero and six? <laughs> well, yeah, they they fired they're, Kevin Conlon. That's a dumpster. Fire I know. There. I know. People said they might go un- winless this year. So I don't. I don't think they're their schedule. Win. I think you should put that on our schedule to see if we agree they they win one. Uh, this one over under ridiculous seventy seven. <laughs> no, 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 no. I I actually. Call me crazy. Well, you already said 58-38, so you're already on the over. Yeah. I th- I like it, too. I like the over on this one. I think Ole Miss defense is better than people think, and they'll shut LSU down more than Florida did. So in the 20s, LSU is only scoring 24. But it would still, yeah, go, but, it would still go over but, if they uh, score. It would still go over if they score 50, so... 48-24. Yeah. What is that? 72. No. Yeah. Oh. 72. Yeah. Mark my words. 48-27. SEC on CBS, 3.30. Wait, wouldn't that still be under? Doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm just calling the game. ACC. The game ACC. Board. And who would have ever thought we would have a Clemson game where they are unranked, they are the underdogs, and we are all picking against Clemson. And now they will win! 
God dang it, I thought someone was going to be Clemson pick. First no, off, I, I've been against Clemson all season long. I you all need to start telling me who your picks are so I go different. That's the fun part, Mark. I Two love you guys. Things. <laughs> Two things, and then I'm done with this game. First off, quarterback play. Kenny Pickett. <laughs> Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickens. Is so Kenny Pickett is squarely in the Heisman race. I don't care what anyone says. He only has one interception all season, which is fantastic. And the fantastic. other thing is, it's at Heinz Field. Pitt has a great atmosphere at Heinz Field. So. What I think home. is funny that you say that is Sam Howe, who I picked as the Heisman. And is derailed. And I don't necessarily think it's him, but that's a different discussion. He said if no one is looking at Kenny Pickett's, you're wrong. And another quarterback to say that in your conference, it to me, boosts well for you. And that's why I picked Pitt. We've seen what Clemson has done all year long. And I don't, I don't, I don't think it's even a dabbo issue when people say oh he's not a good coach because he hasn't recruited it's not that it's a (laughs) under center everything dictates who's under center and i went with Pitt's quarterback because i love him i think he actually has the highest ceiling of that's a different discussion but the quarterbacks that can be picked in the nfl and like I said all along, every time we've had a pick game, Pat Narduzzi knows how to coach defense. So. <laughs> Kevin Slovis and Kenny Pitts are phenomenal quarterbacks for the next level. Over-under is 48, and I am going with the over. I do think Pitt scores a lot of points. They can mm-hmm. have the ability. That's the only thing that scares me. 3.30 ESPN. At least they gave you a good 3.30 game. Not like the, the 12 o'clock games on ESPN. Alright. <laughs> now going to be former <laughs> Conference USA members. Rice at UAB. We are all on the Blazers. Shouldn't be a close game. But, like nope. I said, it was a two-loss tw- team. That's why we are picking it. And uh, Blazers get it done. And cover. Yeah, not much to say about this. Rice is terrible, and UAB is pretty good. Over-under is 45. Interesting, over-under. I don't think so. I don't think Rice scored. All right. Uh, let's see. Where are we at here? 3.30 ESPN Plus. Maryland at Minnesota. I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, wow. This was the hardest pick for me. <laughs> I know. I just could not pick the Fighting Dave Muiz anymore. <laughs> the, the loss of Dante Demas has derailed their season. And I believe P.J. Fleck has Minnesota playing good football at this point in the year. Dang, Chris getting pulled over. 
I was fully expecting to lone wolf this one because I know how much you guys both like uh, Maryland, but I guess you guys are jumping off now. No, well, the thing that bothers me is the turnovers. I can like you all season long. I can like you because you're pretty blonde or Latina, my favorite women. But if you cheat on me, this is not a good thing. And turnovers are the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And like I said, I, you know, I think P.J. Flex got him up and running at this point in the year for Minnesota. Over-under is 55. I like the under. Again, I don't think Maryland is, is in the right mind on offense right now to score a lot of points. So, 330 ESPN 2. 330, nice slot. Nice slot. P.J. Fleck will be up for the LSU job, too. FYI. Western Michigan at Toledo. Maxion once again, and we are all on the Broncos, right? They're the Broncos. I don't like the point <laughs> differential. Uh-huh. I do. Why not? Uh, you know, the Toledo has been a bad football team this year, man. They they are not the Toledo that I'm used to watching, anyways. They're well, they're scoring 27 a game, which is decent. <clears throat> And defense is really good, 18 points per game. But, you know, they're coming off back-to-back close losses to NIU and Central Michigan. They got rolled 22-6 to against Colorado State. One thing that's interesting, though, they beat Ball State, who beat Army. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was interesting, to say the least. But, dude, Western Michigan's killing everyone, pretty much. But they got destroyed by Ball State, 45-20. to Everyone else, though, Western has just killed. And they even beat Pitt. That They are Pitt's one loss. So, I'm, I'm going with the offense and Caleb Ellaby um, and Sky Moore. Not so sold on quarterback situation for Toledo, even though it's in Ohio. <coughs> Which Michigan and Ohio aren't strangers to <laughs> But it is Western Michigan. You know, they got they gotta go a little a little farther. From uh what's it what's their weird name again? <laughs> Kalamazoo, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> over under is fifty five and I'm going just over you know if we score eight touchdowns in this game it gets at the 56 so why not western michigan like i said their offense is very good against a very good defense in toledo we'll see who who breaks but 330 cbs sportsnet byu four and a half points at washington state's a cougar showdown um that could be seen as multiple things in in the world, but um, <laughs> uh, I am going with the blue and white Cougars over the red and white Cougars. Um, you know, BYU is coming off two straight losses against Boise State, and uh, who they faced last week? I I'm blanking. They lost. I, I 
they play? Baylor. Baylor. That's right. Yes, yes. Boise State and Baylor. You know, what's interesting is that Nick Rolovich got fired by Washington State. Um, I don't know if he coached last week or not, if he got fired before that game. I can't recall when we had that, whether we had that news on Friday or on Monday. But if we had it on Monday, then this would be the first game after Rolovich is fired, which is also another factor why I think BYU is going to win. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously there's all that coaching turmoil for Washington, but uh, yeah, I just think BYU overall is just a better team. And I fully expect them to bounce back from that loss against Baylor last week. I, I agree. I think BYU is a better team. The only thing that we all talk talk about tomorrow and go, what happened or tonight is sometimes teams rally behind adversity. And that, to me, is the only thing that makes them win. Yeah. Maybe they Who is sliding in as the coach, though? I don't know. Because they also lost four – Four assistants, like I said. So, uh, over under is fifty-seven. I am going with the over. I believe Washington State has enough on offense with Jake Delora at quarterback, and uh, we already know BYU with Jaron Hall, Tyler Algier, Pukunosu. I can keep naming them, but um, yeah, they're they're stopping. Three thirty, FS one. Again, three thirty games are fantastic this week. New Mexico at Wyoming. No one was on the Lobo train. Dang. But, uh, yeah, Wyoming coming off 17 nothing shutout loss to to uh, Fresno State last week. Uh-huh. They're going to take out their frustration. Seth Chambers and the like. Or, no, not Seth. Sean Chambers, I believe it is. Quarterback for the Cowboys. Um, New Mexico's playing a lot better. I will say that. but And I, I don't like 20 for Wyoming. But no. They'll win. Two things. I don't like 20. And Wyoming has one of the best um, logos. Because it's actually their mascot. Riding their mascot. We we see all this clip art. It's a different discussion. But it's actually a cowboy in his element. Oh, yeah. And they're going to ride the Lobos to win. This oh. game scares me, though. I, obviously, you both have mentioned the 20-point the spread, which I agree. I don't think it – I think that New Mexico can cover that. But just be, based on their performance last week, they got shut out, and their confidence is probably a little low. So, I don't know. I think New Mexico can take advantage of that. But, again, I still think Wyoming wins this one. Over-under is low, 41, and this is the case where I am taking the under, 41. Mm-hmm. Yep. 330. No network. Got to stream it <laughs> somewhere. Liberty at North Texas. Liberty coming off the shocker of the week last week, losing at UL Monroe. Uh, back on the road this weekend against the green machine that is North Texas. One in five. Um, yeah, Liberty should bounce back. Malik Willis should yeah. have another. Should have a, a lot better game than he had last week. So, 
Go Flames. Yeah, they had their one bad game of the season. Now they bounce back. They, I think Liberty covers the spread. Possibly. Over under is uh, over under is sixty one. I like the over. Really? Yes. Yes. Liberty hasn't been scoring all that much. It doesn't matter. The way that North Texas runs their offense, I think they can score enough. I don't know enough about North Texas, so I'll back you on that one. Yeah, Austin Austin Allen at quarterback. Junior quarterback there. 4 p.m. ESPN+. Plus. I think this is going to be a great game. Boston College at Louisville. Chris right. is back on his his BS, or I should say his BC. Look, before he says anything, I have one comment, and it's say I've it. picked I've picked BC to win in games, and they've lost twice. Their two losses right here have been when I picked them, and that's the only reason I picked Louisville. And so you guys take I, it away. I just couldn't do it. Maybe they win this game, but I'm so pissed at Boston College trying to beat I, State, and I just can't do it. I only have two words for this game and why I picked Louisville. You probably know what they are, Mark. Malik Cunningham. Yep. <laughs> and that's offensive numbers. He's I'm just so mad at BC that they let me down. Malik Cunningham is a better quarterback. They, they, are, they are a better team with, with the new coaching staff and this and that, but they've let me down. Malik Cunningham is a better quarterback, and that is why they win at home. Well, yeah. I I don't really know why I picked BC for this one. I think I kind of just picked them because I had a feeling that this was another chance for an, for a lone wolf, and Dude. obviously that's the case here. Well, they're uh, even, and if you win this game, I'll punch you in your face. <laughs> but uh, I I also believe that I've been I've gotten every single Boston College game right so far that we've had on the show this season. <laughs> I know, and that's what's driving me crazy. Oh, I'm going to bed. Screw you guys. <laughs> I picked I picked NC State against them last week, and I picked them to win in the other games. So I picked them to win this game. Again, I hate picking Boston teams because I hate all Boston sports, but I'm rooting for them again this week, and let's go Boston College. Overrunner is 57, and I think it is just under. We keep mentioning that 56-8 touchdown mark. I think even – I don't know if it gets there necessarily, but I think – Four points altogether, mark my word. I think low 50s, yeah. Um, I'm throwing some things out to you guys that – all of our viewers just need to go. 4 p.m. ACC Network. There we go. American Battle, East Carolina at Houston. Uh, the Cougs getting 13 and a half against the Pirates. And, Not one, uh, ECU? Not one? No. Nope. I think ECU is playing where, well right now, though, with Holton Aylers, um at quarterback. But I'm, I'm going with Clayton Toon. He's playing even better. The overall offense for Houston has been a lot better. 
Now, I haven't watched either of these teams very much this year. Um, that was piggybacking off what you're saying. I was really torn. Like, I haven't watched either of these teams. I went with Houston because I think at skill positions or someone gets injured, I think they have more um, talent at every position. But I've, I'll go back to I've coached against Aylers, and he was really good in basketball. He was really good in baseball, and he's just a great competitive athlete. And I wouldn't be surprised if they win this game, but I couldn't pick one person from Greenville, South Carolina, because I think Houston has better players left and right. Yeah, they, they're on a five-game win streak. They lost to Texas Tech week one, haven't won their last five. Um, and they've only put up less than 40 points one game. So. And Texas Tech is a good team right now. It is scary because Houston really hasn't played anyone other than Tech. Their five wins have not. I mean, they've rightfully blown people out, but not against very good teams. Anyways. Over under 58, and I like the over. Like I said, Clayton Toon on offense for Houston. ECU has Holton Aylers at quarterback. Let's go. Points, points, points. 4 p.m. ESPNU. Tennessee at Alabama. Number four, Alabama. Roll Tide. They're going to win easily. Move on. Move on. Move on. Tuscaloosa. I mean, we said that when they played against Texas a m but, yeah. I didn't say they... that. <laughs> I, I mean, we still A&M picked them, though. Time every time. We 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 would have organizational issues if Bama loses at home to Tennessee. Let's move on. Over under is sixty seven, and I like the over. Seven p.m. ESPN. Heupel's done great. I actually think he can score. He just can't score enough. Maybe under, actually. <laughs> Mountain West. This is a massive Mountain West battle here. Number 22, San Diego State We're at Air Force. Air Force. <laughs> yeah, because they are going to fly over the Aztecs. You know, uh-huh. they're the Falcons. Aztecs are on the ground. You know, they can't reach the Falcons. So, um, it makes sense wow. biologically as well. Um, as it does when in football, I'm rolling with my guy Brad Roberts. Brad Roberts is my favorite Air Force player because he is a monster, and they classify him as a running back on the roster. He's not; he's a fullback, um, <laughs> and he ran all over Boise State last week. Him and Hazik Daniels on offense are really why I like them over San Diego State, and I'm not sold on the quarterbacks that that the Aztecs have. I'm I'm actually really surprised that you didn't go with San Diego State. I mean, I know you just mentioned why you went with Air Force because of all that you just said, but you are very far behind both Mark and I. So this would have been a good one for you to take a chance on, I think. Nope, nope. Picking stick with my guys. I'd rather get it right and lose the pick standings than get it wrong and lose worse. That is. <clears throat> They are about, not about, they're the same records. 
I was siding with Rusty because I think Air Force controls the game more than San Diego State. If San Diego State wins this ball game, it has to be on a big play. Does that make sense? And Air Force hasn't allowed big plays this season. Two of the best rushing offenses in college football. Yep. That you probably wouldn't know that San Diego State is one of the best rush offenses in college football. Uh, I looked a little combobulated and confused. Congress just got a few. Um, this is live. Let's move on. But they got a few of the emails. It's not looking good for Washington football. Team. That has nothing to do with John Gruden, but the Washington football team looks like they're, oh. San Diego State rushes 215 yards per game. Uh, Air Force runs for 336 per game. <laughs> Uh, over-under is 39. Very, very low. 39. Ooh. And we're going under. <laughs> oh, under? Nah. Hell yeah. Under? Look at Air Force's defense. I know, but... They're giving up 16 yeah, points per game. San Diego State's giving right, up 16 right. points. If, it's, if, if it goes to 40, they lose, then. Both teams are giving up 16 points per game. No. 7 p.m. CBS Sportsnet. If Daniel Snyder doesn't have to sell the Redskin, former Redskins, there's a double standard. Look at this. Number 24 UTSA. The Roadrunners are ranked at Louisiana Tech. And we are on the Roadrunners. Frank Harris, Sincere McCormick. Go run the ball, Sincere. Yeah. That excited me so much. I looked at this and said, do I pick against them? All I saw was, holy cow, they're number 24. This is awesome. Yeah, defense yeah. has been outstanding for them as well. 19 points per game against. And they've Yeah, been Sincere's the only reason I went with them. He's a monster. And he's just gonna help them roll over in Louisiana Tech. Yeah, one of the best, one of the best rushing defenses in the in the league, uh, in college football. 81, 82 yards per game given up on the ground for UTSA. Very good. Over under is sixty. And uh, I can stick at that. Sixty. Well, sixty. Mm, I could well, too. Actually, no, I could too. No, I could too. I, I think it'll go over. With the same over reasoning 60? why I picked well, the same reasoning why I picked Louisiana Tech against UTEP last weekend. Because they have Austin Kendall at quarterback. What was the score last week? <laughs> well they lost, obviously. It was nineteen to three, but they turned it over a lot last weekend. I mean he can't has, beat I'm not buying this basically. He has ten touchdowns, eight interceptions for Austin Kendall, so I'm not buying. If it goes 60, I think Louisiana Tech might win. Well, you're going to have to stream it somewhere because there's no network. But it's at 7 p.m., Mark, if you'd like to tune in. <laughs> I'll just monitor it on my ESPN app. Sunbelt, South Alabama at UL Monroe. I thought one of you guys would pick <laughs> ULM. Uh -uh. I thought one of you guys. I no, did, that too. That game last week was a fluke. I did too. Uh, 
But no, I'm going with Jalen Tolbert, who is my guy that I know the most from USA. And uh, South Carolina, Utah quarterback, Jake Bentley. That's who I'm rolling with. I mean, Alabama has players after players. So I was like, yeah, South Alabama will win. But Louisiana doesn't have players? Is that what you're saying? No, they do. It's a, it's a good program, but if you know anything about Alabama, like you, sometimes you have to go with these teams. Over-under is 51. <laughs> and uh, it's not going to get if there. If you can't get everybody in the University of Alabama, I would take players that can't go there. That is ridiculous. Look at – if you look at ULM's points – I just don't know why it's 13 and a half. Offense – Look at the points. Offensively, UL Monroe, they put up 18 points per game. You want to know how much they give up? <laughs> 35. Oh, God. <laughs> and they're 3-3. Three and three. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just because of you laugh, they will lose. Mark over under 51, that's why I said under, because South Alabama gives up only 19 points per game. Um. 7 p.m. ESPN 3. ESPN 3. Another. Dude, this one this one and the San Diego State Air Force game, I mean, Mountain West is just rolling this weekend. There, there are going to be some things figured out, and we will kind of start to see the clear picture of who is going to the Mountain West Championship and who isn't. Because Nevada is going to Fresno State, and I hate this game because I love both the quarterbacks, but... You can't. You, you run with the one who brought you, right, Mark? You will always remember your first love. I and thought, my first I love. Thought we, I thought we were going to roll with. My first love was Carson Strong. I didn't fall in love with Jake Hayner until this year. The I reason that Carson we're Strong going with years. Nevada, in my opinion, is Fresno State, he gets beat up, he has to do everything until the last minute i think nevada helps out their quarterback just a little bit more <laughs> i'm somewhat surprised that i'm actually lone wolf in this one uh but one of the main reasons that i am is isn't it doesn't really have anything to do with this game but i'm still mad at nevada because I picked them in their only loss that they have this season. And, yeah, so I I don't ever want to pick them again because I feel like they're going to make me lose even more games. And, I mean, Fresno State isn't a bad pick as it is. I mean, they are the favorite. They are at home. And, yeah, they've played some good football this season, so I expect that to continue. This is going to be one of the best games out there this weekend. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Over under is sixty four, and we're going over a lot of points, a lot of points. Uh-huh. I don't I care. I have to apologize. Rusty knows my dogs, and man, Gurley is not handling the death of Wonka very well. <laughs> Get up here, go. Yeah, I don't. I don't care if Fresno State's only giving up 19 points per game. Both offenses are gonna have good good time in this one. 7 p.m. FS2. 
Big Ten, number five, Ohio State at Indiana in Bloomington. And it's not going to matter. Uh, <laughs> as much as I love Tom Allen, Ohio State's playing lights out right now, and uh, they're going to roll Indiana. So. Yeah, Ohio State's got this one in the bag. See, when you say steam things like that, though, Chris. Well, <laughs> it goes back to. I think the Big Ten, top to bottom, people are going to think this is a Percy, Farsi to say this. Top to bottom is better than the SEC. I think I will say this on camera right now for everybody. The SEC East is weak. Weak. And that's why Kirby Smart has to figure out what's he going to do. Are you going to win a national championship or are you just going to win SEC championship? SEC East championship. And I told you guys this. I I picked Ohio State in the college football. They're starting to hit their stride. And that's the only thing that scares me because is their defense been good all season? Nope. It's okay. But they're starting to hit that stride. And no one can go undefeated anymore. I'm telling you guys that. It's okay. They won't be in stride next weekend. It's fine. Over under is 60. And uh, we're rolling the over. Uh-huh. 7.30 ABC. I hate... This is such a stupid ABC game. Such Kirby Smart. Stupid ABC game. Win a championship in the next two years or you're not going to. I can't believe I'm going to freaking listen to Kirk Herbstreit call this, this game. <laughs> USC at number 13, Notre Dame. This is... I... For anyone, that doesn't, for anyone that doesn't know, this is one of the most Best unknown, rivalry. unknown rivalries that there is. I mean, uh-huh. USC and Notre Dame hate each other, which is so weird, considering mm-hmm. one's in California and one's in Indiana. Um, but yeah, they they have played quite a few times, and it's been games and games and games. Notre Dame usually comes out on top, though. And uh, that's how we all feel. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if this was an L for all of us, though. Because this, I mean, you already said, the teams have played each other a lot. They're competitive for the most part. But I don't know. I just I just went with the favorite here. Notre Dame gets the seven-point spread. And, yeah. I they, are the home was... they are the ranked team. Everything's going in their favor, but I, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if we come in on Monday and we all lost this game. Yeah, I'm taking USC plus seven, though. Um, it's the Kelly and Vegas parlay, um, weekly parlay. I thought someone took Slovis. I really did. I didn't think all of us would take Notre Dame. No, no. USC is in disarray right now. They have no idea what they're doing um, since Clay Helton got fired, uh, which I forgot to say when you were mentioning coaches. USC is, has been open for a while. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Is there is there a chance that they play, like, really well for the coach that's in term right now? Is that a chance? No. 
Over under fifty eight. Under. Yeah. 7.30, NBC. It's not on Peacock this weekend. You can actually watch the new game. I know, game. I know. That's exciting. <laughs> that is exciting. SEC, South Carolina at number 17, Texas A&M. We're all Aggies. Go Aggies. Mm-hmm. It's in Aggieland, College Station. Yeah, they're going to have fun. They they should have fun. Zach Calzada and the gang. Mm-hmm. Over-under is... Go ahead. I don't think this is a close game. I think the interesting story is still South Carolina, though, if that makes sense. Like, we... Why am I not showed on the game? <clears throat> Zeb's still playing, right? Or is Sorry. It, is it Zeb Nolan... Is it Dylan? I didn't know was someone that I coached with at Oconee County. So I think that's amazing. I told you guys about that in the South Carolina, Georgia. He's a GA. His dad is a um, state championship winning football coach here in Athens. They have the best program in Athens. And his son played in North Dakota and now is a GA at South Carolina. They suited him up. But I still don't like 19 and a half. Texas A&M is going to win. And I'll go back to what I said earlier, not to have a longer conversation. Why the heck did Texas A&M give um, Jimbo Fisher an extension until 2026? Okay, great. They did that at the beginning or the second weekend when they were one and two or one and one. And then he beat Alabama. Because they knew. Because he told them they were going to beat Alabama. Yeah, but I still don't see him winning a championship. It doesn't matter as long as he beat Alabama. <laughs> if no one's told anybody this, Texas A&M has the most money in college athletics. No one no one will talk about that. That's that's the maybe the cat in the bag. They have more money than Texas. All right, we're talking about this game way too long than we should have. It's a freaking 20, 19 and a half point spread, Mark. They're killing them. They're killing them. <laughs> I'm not sure who's starting for South Carolina. Zeb Nolan came in last weekend in relief of Luke Doty. So we'll have to see who, who starts the. Uh, over under is 45. It's low. 45 for the over under. I'm surprised that it's not in the 50s. But um, Chris is going to make the determination on this one. So. Well, I, I was going to say. Like you said, it seems kind of low to me. I I expect the score to be in the 50s, so I'm going over. 7.30 SEC Network. No ACC, one's watching. Number 18, NC State at Miami. I hope freaking NC State destroys Miami because they screwed me out of a parlay last weekend. They should have beat North thought, Carolina, and I hope the I Wolfpack thought, stomp them. I thought Chris would take the U. Nope, I, I jumped off their bandwagon a long time ago. As soon as we stopped having them on the on our show for a few weeks, I decided I'm not putting them back on, even if they do come back on, which they are here, but only because they're playing against a ranked team right now. Devin, you Lee. guys know you guys know my hate rate hate love race relationship. I picked BC last week. NC State destroyed them. I'm not doing that again. Devin Leary's going to throw for 304 touchdowns. Not really. Because they'll be up enough early on that Zonovan Knight will run 
for a lot of yards. So, I I think they'll win the ACC this year. They could. Over under is fifty three. Over. Seven thirty ESPN two. Just want to say Memphis UCF just kicked off. All of us on UVA. Okay. Georgia Tech okay. at Virginia. Yeah, it's it's at home. In, uh, Here, here's how Virginia wins this. I don't care sure how many well. points they score or anything. They control the tempo. <laughs> they win this game. Georgia Tech has performed better than what everybody thought, but they can't keep up with the tempo, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> I've been impressed by Brennan Armstrong this year. <clears throat> not so impressed with Tech, even though, you know, they had their game against Clemson. They probably should have won, but then they get, and then and then they kill UNC. Then they get killed by Pitt. You know, they're so inconsistent. UVA is on a three-game win streak. So, go Cavs. Sixty-four over under. It's a lot. A lot of points under. Mm. Not mm-hmm. so, not not sold on Tech's offense. Jeff Sims and Co. It's, it's the tempo. Seven thirty ACC Network. Last FBS game here, Utah at Oregon State, and of course Mark is rolling with the Utes <laughs> once again. They're favored look, on the road. Look, I don't like that they're favored. But the one reason I picked them last week, last week was I think they're hitting their stride. Does that make sense? I think Corvallis is a hard place to play. I I think this is probably in all of NCAA's the best bet against against the spread. But this is the Utah team that I thought was going to win maybe the Pac-12. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm going with the Beavs just because I, I I'm a big believer in Chance Nolan at quarterback. I think they finally got that right, and you know they're coming off a loss, a, a one score game, thirty one twenty four loss at Washington State last week. But before that, I mean they were playing fantastic ball. They destroyed Hawaii, shut out forty two nothing against Idaho. Then they killed USC at the Coliseum. Yep. And they beat Washington 27-24. You know, Utah's definitely good too. They're on a three-game win streak. Washington State, uh-huh. USC, Arizona State. Um, and they killed USC too. So <laughs> what I what I got from that was it's conference. Yeah. I probably my my, my initial pick was going to be Utah, but I talked myself into going with the Beavers. Corvallis is a hard hard place to play, and that's why I I think this is almost a pick'em game, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think there's a, necessarily a wrong answer here. Obviously, there will be on Monday. One of us is going to lose, but yeah. You uh, <laughs> See, Key. He said, Key. He said, one of us. Key. He said, one of us is gonna lose. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I just, 
I couldn't go against the home team here in Oregon State. We've already said it, that it's a tough place to play up there. Even though Utah's rolling right now, I don't know. I, I, do, I, just, have to, I do have to throw this in. I almost got a job at Oregon State, so I'm going to get some because they didn't hire him. <laughs> they also have a young quarterback. Chance, uh, or Cameron Rising's only a sophomore, so tough environment to play. Over-under is 57, and I am going under. I think that's how Oregon State wins. Uh-huh. Under 57. 7.30 Pac-12 network. FCS game of the week marks alma mater, number 17, Missouri State. Sorry, not happening. At number 3, North Dakota State. In Fargo, uh, the Fargo Dome. Holy hell! North, this no. What a what a difference six months makes. North Dakota State is back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel bad, Mark. The Bears are are gonna get it's got. A, it's, <laughs> a, it's gonna be a two touchdown, three touchdown game. I'm, Oh, I'm sorry. But it is a it is a it is a Missouri Valley game, so you do never know. You never know. Um, Turnover. Turnovers is the only thing that can make them win. Wow! I just looked. I just switched over to the FCS slate on ESPN app. There's one game going on right now tonight, and it's a shocker right now. Columbia is at Dartmouth, who is ranked by the way, number 25, yeah. I believe. Dartmouth. Columbia has beat them 13 nothing. At Dartmouth. Wow. Ivy League. Well, we'd love to see. Yeah, the only other game that was really in consideration for this FCS game of the week, which I think will be, it might end up being the best game of the weekend, um, was Rhode Island at Villanova. Um, I don't have the rankings in front of me, but both in the top 25, both are 5-1. and one. Um, I think that could be a really good game. So, oh, there's another game too. I I noticed. I don't know. They're probably not ranked because they're both Ivy League schools. But there is an undefeated matchup between Princeton and Harvard. I believe. Uh, yeah, Harvard's not ranked. I know that Princeton is. Um. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I didn't see that one, but that's because I was looking at ranked versus ranked matchups. Mm-hmm. Which is what I try to do before I get into unranked. But, uh, yeah, another good one that should be going on. Freaking UCF already scored. 7 <laughs> nothing, 7 nothing UCF. All right, uh, this one is 3.30 on ESPN Plus tomorrow. All right, NFL pick standings again. I told y'all I sucked last week. Chris, though, Sterling. Yeah, yeah look at that. Sterling record by Chris, 11. The only game I got wrong was the Ravens against the Chargers. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it is... Uh, Really, it it rivals your undefeated week last week last year. 
but that was 14-0, though, so that was <laughs> that's as good as you can get. Uh, yeah, okay, so Mark is still one game ahead of you, and I am now six games back, just like I am in college, so... How the heck did you go 11 and 1? <laughs> I just, I was feeling confident with my picks last week. Um, I like it. Yeah, di- differences, gonna, differences of picks. If you're going to do that each week, I'm just going to piggyback you. That's a ridiculous. <laughs> differences in picks last weekend, there were only three. Uh, Chris Lone Wolfed the Cardinals against the Browns. And then. Uh, I lone wolfed the Dolphins against the Jags and the Broncos against the Raiders. Eleven and one is get this man on national TV. <laughs> All right, let's go to the one hey, p.m. I'm, I'm still not playing though, so one p.m. games here: Panthers at the Giants. Mark, you and I have been on the Panthers all season. <laughs> I mean. What does it got to take for think, us to get wins again with the Panthers? <laughs> and I and I think it without injuries that, that, that we have to take that in consideration. But in the long run, if they didn't have the injuries that they have had, I do think they would be five and two or I think four you know, and two be, at the least. Yeah, I think four and two at the least. But uh, yeah, yeah, I like Panthers. They're against Giants. Giants suck. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Giants have their own injury issues, and they don't uh, have an offense. They don't I have mean, any receivers. <laughs> the The only thing I have to say about this game is it is Sam Darnold's return to New York, even though it is against the Giants. I remember a couple years ago they made it a big deal when Odell came back to New York and he was playing against the Jets. So it's the same thing: Darnold coming back, facing off in his old stadium. I don't know. He ha- he doesn't have the best success there in MetLife, but he's on a, the better team. And, yeah, I just think that the Carolina Panthers can easily win this one. I I think it'll be a touchdown. It, it won't be a field goal. It's the Snoopy, like the spread says. It's the Snoopy Bowl adjacent. Because <laughs> it's a former Jets quarterback. <laughs> uh, over-under is 43. Do the Giants score enough? I don't know. I don't think so. Panthers defense, even though they got they got lit up by the Vikings last week. I don't. The Vikings the, the are Giants much aren't the Vikings. The Giants. <laughs> the Giants aren't the Vikings. Exactly. One and six Giants. Go ahead. Uh, Washington football team at the Packers. I was not a big fan. Just like college, I was not a fan of most of the NFL matchups this weekend, especially mm-hmm. when we get into the four twenty five games. I mean, good yeah. lord, what? the spreads in those ones but yeah Packers I have some friends that are going to this game um it should be a good one not it shouldn't be a good one actually I mean the Packers <laughs> the Packers the Packers should I'm hoping Aaron Rodgers throws for 304 touchdowns because I need him in fantasy oh so am I all so. to Devontae let's go that's uh, debatable but I mean I don't really I don't really care who he throws to I don't have any of his receivers so um but yeah Aaron Rodgers should have a field day and we'll see how this stuff with Washington, like with the owner or whatever, we'll see how that affects the on-field stuff. But Whitney Merciless making his debut. That too for for Green Bay. Um, interesting. It's ten ten now in uh, UConn Mid Tennessee game. 
<laughs> Far cry from seven minutes to go in the first quarter. We're at zero zero. Uh, but yeah, over under is forty nine. Um, that's pretty high. Pretty high. I'm going. I under. like it though. I'm going under. No. I don't think Washington's gonna score enough. I hope Antonio Gibson plays though. I need him. So do I. No, no Titan, no Titan pick here. No, because you know it's the same principle as Aaron Rodgers against Washington. Mahomes gonna throw the hell all over Tennessee, even though that's exactly what Josh Allen did, and it didn't work out. It again, it should have. It freaking should have. But yeah. I, I wanted to go Tennessee, but I don't know. I just – something – I mean, it's hard to pick against the Chiefs. Even though they are 3-3, three and three, they haven't had the best season. It's hard to pick against Mahomes and the Chiefs. And like Rusty just said, the Titans' defense, specifically the secondary, is probably one of the worst in the league, especially now that they're down a guy yeah, with Farley. the injury to Farley. Yeah. So The, the two yeah. things – that I took from this game, or the three things, were Titans secondary, and I think that Mahomes can have his way. The second thing that is not, you know, data or on-game film is I do still think the Chiefs are the team to beat in their division, and so they have to get a leg up every game. And so I picked them. But everybody is stacking the box with Henry, and they have the worst. I just, who's going to stop Henry? And for me, either you're going to control the clock or you're going to stop the run at some point, and it's easier to throw a touchdown in the air than run. Big thing thing that I haven't heard about yet, injury report-wise for the Chiefs, if Chris Jones returns for this game, mm. that would be massive. Um, yeah. Uh, I picked the Chiefs, but I'm kind of rooting for the Titans, only because that's the Jets' only win this season so far, and possibly the only win they get all season. So I would love to see the Titans mm. run the table all the way through to the Super Bowl and win it. Over-under but... is 58. <laughs> High one, really high. That's actually the. Uh-huh. It's tied for the second, or no? It is the highest. It is the highest of the weekend. Fifty-eight though. That's uh-huh. a lot. I like it though. I like the over thirty points each. Mm. Falcons at the Dolphins. Chris Lone Wolf and the Falcons. That's fine. You guys can keep rolling with the Dolphins. Well, you know what? You know what our friend Jack Fletcher says, Mark, every time? Why would you bet on Atlanta sports? It's exactly how he says it, too. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like either of these teams, so talk about it. You know why I'm picking the Dolphins? Because their defense. Their defense hasn't been as good as they were last year. But... Um, Falcons defense is worse. And I think even though the Fa- the Dolphins lost last week, I think Tua looked fine in uh, his first game back. And if Parker can play in this one, I think that'll open it up 
even more for Jalen Waddle. And I think they will be able to get some ground game running in this one against a lesser defense, like I said. No Dante Fowler to rush the passer for Atlanta. Helps him out there as well. So, well, Admittedly, I didn't know about the Fowler injury when I made this pick. Well, it just happened today. However, that's why. <laughs> well, I know. That's what I'm saying. I didn't know about it when I made the pick. However, I still wouldn't change my pick. Uh, I mean, you mentioned the Dolphins' anemic run game. I don't think that changes in this one. I think they still can't move the ball on the ground. And the on the flip side, the Falcons, they have one of the best Swiss Army knives in all of football at the running back position with Cordero Patterson. And Overrated. I think if he can continue Overrated. his early season success, I think they roll all over Miami. Overrated. <laughs> Just saying. I do think they're using him in the right way, though. Mm-hmm. You guys, you know what's fantastic? On my Snapchat memories, five years ago today, the same day that the Cubs went to the World Series, Penn State beat Ohio State with the Grant with the Grant Haley blocked field goal returned for a touchdown. Um <laughs> Amazing, amazing game. Hmm. And also, this same day, October 22nd is a fantastic day. Last year, I won I won uh, $400 winning the exact score, picking the exact score of the Rays-Dodgers game two, I believe it was, the World Series. <laughs> exactly. Six to four. Wow. Props to my guy who I just name dropped already, Jack Fletcher. He's the one that got me that pick. Hmm. Over under for this one's forty eight. We're we're going long again, guys. Um, I know. Over under is forty eight. Um, sure, let's go over. Why not? I already said both defenses aren't that great, so. Mm-hmm. Jets at the Patriots, Chris. <laughs> I was thinking about it. I was. I actually, I had a thought of yeah. picking the Jets. I did. I It always, for me, I always have the thought of picking the Jets because I'm a Jets fan, but then I remember I'm a Jets fan, so I don't pick them. Uh, yeah, they already played the Patriots earlier this season. That one was in MetLife, and it was probably the worst game that they've played all season so far. Maybe the Broncos game was worse, but the Patriots game was probably just as bad but yes the patriots are now without stefan gilmore who they didn't even have it all season anyway and they're also down chase twinovich mm-hmm. but i don't think that matters i think that the patriots defense will still be solid they'll still be there to play uh i assume judon is good to go right i haven't heard anything that's because I, I did, I, he did get hurt in the game last week, but I don't know. Um, I guess he's ready to play, and that just strengthens that defense anyway. Uh, so yeah. Well, I, again, again, the game against New England was probably Wilson's worst game of the season so far, and 
will he learn from the mistakes? Maybe. I don't think it'll be as bad as a game as the first one was, but I still think the Patriots win this one. Since I'm already down six games to Mark, <laughs> should I just switch? <laughs> I need the Jets to beat the Patriots anyways for my, my, my third place and fourth place bets, so why not? I went off two things. I went off zero stats, zero records. And my intuition says this is the game that Wilson goes, all right, I need to start playing who, you know, good NFL football. And then I said, Belichick doesn't lose to rookie quarterbacks. So I went with the Patriots. Well, I thought your intuition was going to say, the Jets are the Jets. No, I'm picking the Patriots. <laughs> um, but I think the way that the Jets can win this game, one, Zach Wilson plays lights out. Two, they finally give 100% to Michael Carter in the backfield and let him get the lion's share. No, no more of this sharing the backfield crap with Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson. Um, and they also got to get continue to keep Jamison Crowder highly targeted. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, I need a big game from Michael Carter, too, so I need uh, – or I would be perfectly fine with that, and I do agree, though. He is one of the big keys to a Jets victory. And the Jets' defense needs to somehow stop the now um, vibrant passing game of Mac Jones that they have. Yeah, that's the thing, too. I think that the Jets need to keep this game low-scoring because if it goes to a high-scoring game like the game last week with the Cowboys and Patriots, <clears throat> I think they can't – I don't think they'll be able to keep up. Well, it's 43, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Mark, over I, I under. I think it'll be – Under. <laughs> I, I think it'll be something like a 24-17 game, something like that. Mangles at the Ravens, probably. I'd probably classify this as the best game of the weekend. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, probably one of the best, if not the best. I, mean, I think I would, the the night game is also probably pretty good, but that's, I, I was we'll considering I was considering Chiefs Titans, but I I think this one's going to be better than that one. Um, no one picked the bet. I thought someone was going to go with Joey B and Jamar Chase. Um, my issue. Is I learned my lesson last week. Well, my issue I went is against, it's in Baltimore. And that was my only loss, so I'm not doing that this week. My issue is it's in Baltimore, and the Ravens. Yeah can run the ball. <laughs> I love what Joey, Mr. Burroughs, has brought to Cincinnati. But every time that someone thinks they figured out Lamar Jackson, he finds a way to just wow you, and so I went with the Ravens. I'm intrigued to see... If the Ravens are committed to Le'Veon Bell and they they move away from the committee of him, Latavius, and Devontae Freeman. I wouldn't Highly do that. Highly doubt they will, but... 
I think that's a big reason why they were so good last week and in previous weeks is because nobody really knows what's coming. All three running backs scored last week, so I would keep that up. Oh, what a shame. Tyson Williams. <laughs> Over-under is 47. I like the over. Mm-hmm. Even though the Ravens' defense has played well, but they haven't played Jamar Chase yet. <laughs> no. All right, Eagles at the Raiders. And I was mad that Mark said he was rolling with me on this game. The only one, the only NFL pick that he said he was rolling with, one or the other of us. And I thought I for sure, I thought I, for sure I was lone wolfing my Mike Vick jersey and, and NFC Conference Championship Eagles because I just had a gut feeling that the Eagles are going to get this one. I don't know why. There's no rhyme or reason. I felt it. That's why. I don't like well, this game, and so I said I'm rolling with Rusty so he doesn't go lone wolf because I knew you were picking the Eagles. Yeah, I, no way Chris is going 11-1. and one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this game is going to help me catch up to you, Mark, because uh, I lone wolf this one. I almost did consider going with the Eagles, though, so we would have all been on the Eagles train. However, I just... <clears throat> I mean, everybody thought that the Raiders were done last week when everything happened with Gruden. But the Raiders came out last week, and they still found a way to win. They they actually handled the Broncos pretty well, too. Broncos. Granted, we saw even last night the Broncos aren't that good. But I don't think the Eagles are that good either. They're only 2-4, and four, and they – I just – I don't know. I have, I just had a gut feeling to go with the Las Vegas, and so I rolled with it. I I agree with you that I think the Raiders are actually a pretty good team. Whether it's Waller or the backfield or Carr has been better than what people have thought through the years. Mm-hmm. But the two things that bother me about the Raiders is they're on offense and now he's and Gruden's not there calling the plays because I do think they're dimensional like if you don't get Waller involved you're not going to have the passing game I think um, Jacobs is a little banged up and this is a prime game for the Eagles to go all right let's go on the road we're going to show you what we're about well, they did lose to the Bucks by only a score, so hopefully that's the momentum they needed. I I agree with every single Eagles fan out there that um, Miles Sanders has to be involved. Has to be. I tried to trade for him this weekend, got denied. So over under is forty nine, and I like the under. Eagles have been in some low-scoring-ish games. Mm-hmm. Lions! Matthew Stafford, revenge game! Even, yeah, even though, even though, even though it's technically the Jared Goff revenge game because it's in L.A. Uh, but Matthew Stafford's going to have some fun with his old team, that's for sure. 
Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go out, go out and get any Rams player you can, because they're going to score a million points this weekend. <laughs> I I wouldn't be surprised if this game is actually close, because Matthew Stafford wanted out of Detroit. Jared Goff necessarily didn't want out of L.A. Well, yeah, because he knew that the defense was going to carry. But the Rams were the ones that traded Goff. I don't necessarily feel the same way that the Lions actually traded Stafford. It was a mutual Mm -hmm. trade for them. I wouldn't be surprised if Goff comes out and plays well and uh, makes it a close game and covers the spread at the very least. Well, yeah, it is a huge spread, so I wouldn't be surprised about that. But I still think it could be a two-touchdown game, though. Mark, what do you think about your former quarterback coming back? I never was a fan. You guys know that. <laughs> but there's always a familiarity. Is that a, is, is that a good word? Mm-hmm. That I think makes it closer than 16. And wouldn't it be fitting that the first Lions – because I actually like Dan Campbell. I like his philosophy and his hunger and his intensity. That they find a way to win this game. (laughs) Especially since we all picked it. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams go 5-2 and and the Lions get their first win. And I don't even think it's a discussion of who should be under center – and that's, that's what I find funny, is no one would ever say, oh, the Rams are should be better off with, with golf, because it's not true. But I think it would be a great storyline. I think the NFL would pick it up. I think Stephen A. Smith would pick it up. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions win this somehow. Stupid as it sounds. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I just need fantasy points from Stafford, Cup, Woods, and DeAndre Swift. If the Lions win this, DeAndre Swift will be a fantasy guru this week. Well, he already is. He's a PPR stud right now. That's all. He, that's all he does is catch balls out of the back. He doesn't run for many yards, but he catches them. Um, Rams win this. Um, Over 51, 51, 51. Three sacks. Jalen Ramsey uh, intercept. I thought you were going to give a score. That's why I interrupted and said 51. No. All right, 51 um, over. Yeah. Another big one. We have three games this weekend of double-digit spreads, this being the biggest. Uh, Texans at the Cardinals, six and zero cards, and uh, we are all on Arizona. I have Arizona defense starting in fantasy this week, which should be a fun mm-hmm. time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the only the only thing I'll say about this is one of us should have picked this as a dog. That that is a huge number. Yeah, but I'm going for both points, not just one. Yeah, there's no way the Texans win this game. No, the tech, and that's what I do on all of our dogs. If no one's paid attention, I want to win the the 
of points against and the overall. But if there's any game, I think the Texans could lose by 14. Does that make sense? Oh, good Lord. What are you doing, Calvin Austin? I have no idea what this man is doing right now. If you don't catch the punt, let it roll. Don't try to go pick it up. <laughs> UCF just got a turnover. It's God. inside Tiger territory. Over-under is 48, which is intriguing. I like the over, though. Uh-huh. Even though yeah, thirty-five, fourteen. I'll take that. Well, it didn't uh, Texans only scored like three last weekend? <laughs> yeah, but they, the Colts. <laughs> they scored what twenty-two against the Patriots or something like that. Yeah, but that was with three trick plays. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and this is the third double-digit spread here. Bears at the Bucks. Um, I could see this game going. Sort of like how the Bucks Dolphins game went, because <laughs> it's in Tampa, and um, the Bears are without Robert Quinn. They do still have Khalil Mack and Roquan and company, but I'm just saying Tom Brady's been on one right now. And well, this game to me, I think, was one of the hardest ones to read. Though, yeah, I think the Bucks are going to win, but I don't think it's that easy because we already mentioned earlier in the show. The Bucks are going to be without Gronkowski and and Antonio Brown, who are probably Brady's two favorite targets. And he's not going to have them to throw to. Granted, he has so many other weapons, so it's probably not going to matter that much. But still, I think it's going to make a big enough impact where this game's going to be a lot closer than people think. No, because... This be... Go ahead. Well, the I was going to move to the other side of the ball. The defense for the Bucks, even without Levante David, I think playing a rookie quarterback, that's that's going to be tough times for Justin Fields. Good Lord, it's freaking 14 nothing UCF. The, the things that would bother me about this game is, and if no one talks about it, he is playing at his age because he's never been hit. The one time he was hit, he had ACL and so you have Roquan, you have Khalil Mack. That's why I think the 12-and-a-half could be under that. I could care less who he's throwing. I could care less who he's throwing to because he's thrown to, to Deion Branch. Then he's thrown to nobody. He's thrown to Amadola. He's, he, he's thrown to all these guys. I could care less who's in the secondary with injuries. That's never bothered me. It's what is your game plan to get to Tom Brady? Because I'm not taking anything away from him as the greatest quarterback, but if you can get to him, he's not the greatest quarterback. And that translates to Peyton Manning, Joe Montana, Brett Favre. If you can get to him, it changes the landscape. Overrunner is 47. And wait, the Bears were one of the losses for the Buccaneers last year, weren't they? On a, on a Thursday yeah. when he didn't know it was supposedly <laughs> fourth down. Oh, yeah, that was that game. That's what I thought. I mean, it's a whole different ball game a year later, but yeah, that, that one, is just <clears throat> an interesting note. That one was in primetime and in Chicago. 
He he smokes him. He smokes him. <laughs> Over under is forty seven, like I said. So by eight. Take that. I'd like the over. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sunday night football Colts at the Niners. I I'm, I was shocked. No one took San Fran. Very shocked. I was. I am too. But I thought that I was lone wolfing the Colts. But it's fine. It's fine because I you really know why? did. You know why? Because Carson Wentz is back uh-huh. to his 2017 MVP caliber season. And he has one of the best running backs running the ball right now in Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor. And Jonathan Taylor is going to put up another 30-point performance this week in fantasy and make it three straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I went with the Colts, too. Their their offense has been incredible, especially recently. And uh, despite them losing, uh, who was it, Campbell, right? Or Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was Campbell, right? Uh, despite them losing him, they still got T.Y. Hilton back, who had a pretty good game last week, and they still have Michael Pittman, and they still got their tight end, too, with Mo Alley Cox. Cox. Yes, sir. So, yeah, so <clears throat> that offense will be fine. It is in San Francisco, which is the only the defense thing that I'm the only thing that I'm kind of shaky about, but. Yeah, I think that the Colts' defense also will be able to take care of business. I think it's actually a benefit for the Colts that Jimmy Garoppolo started. I was talking about the Niners' defense. That's the only caution I have with the game. Nick Bosa and Fred Werner and co. Well, yeah. If they can get to Carson and knock him out of the game, then, yes, it'll be uh, it'll be trouble. But that's if I'm- they can get to him. I like what I've seen from the Colts, and they've lost some games up against the Ravens, let them come back. I just thought this was a game that they could win. It's prime time. In my opinion, I know the game plan of Shanahan. We're going to run it enough until it opens up play action. Then you have Bosa. You have George Kittle. And, yes, those guys guys are really talented in my opinion though it's not that hard to game plan against the 49ers i'm not a coach i'm not up in the booth but they're, they're this is a talented team that i think is the easiest talented team to coach against if that makes sense i hate to say that put it on record let's talk about it whatever you want to do yeah um Yeah, uh, over-under is 44, 44, um, I like it, under, defense, 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 all right, my best bets of the week, one and two last week after two, uh, straight two and one week, so we're back three games below 500, this week was a tough one, I, I struggled this week. Trying to find uh-huh. three games out of the eleven that we were picking, you know, I had three less games to pick from. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We might go zero and three this week. Uh, we might not. But the Panthers for the second straight week. I don't know if it's the third straight. It's definitely the second straight week. 
that I'm picking Carolina. I picked them last week against uh, the Vikings plus one and a half. Oh, I forgot to say that. My other two for last week were um, the Cowboys in a miracle cover, minus three and a half <laughs> at New England. <laughs> and then uh, I had the Steelers minus five against the Seahawks, which I was hoping for another miracle cover in overtime. Uh, <laughs> they should have. They Again, again. Break, go for the end zone in overtime when you have extra downs. So stupid. Mm-hmm. At least run the ball. I don't care. Freaking kickers. Uh, but yeah, I like Carolina minus three at the Giants. We're all on the Panthers in that one. So, and Chris, I know, said touchdown game for the Panthers. Um, yeah, I like that one. <clears throat> Chiefs minus four and a half at the Titans. Like I said, I think it's going to be a shootout. And But I think they can get it done. I got burned with picking the Bills minus six. Last night, again, uh, or Monday night in Tennessee, but this afternoon game, it's different environment. So, hmm. and then uh, Bucks minus twelve and a half at versus Chicago. Like I said, I think this is gonna be a Dolphins kind of game for the Bucks, and they're gonna roll the Bears. Even if that is the case, I don't know. I the double digit things scare me a lot. The only other one I considered was Packers minus seven and a half at home against Washington. Yeah. That one. And, and I mean, the- like you said, like you said at the beginning, though, it was tough picks this week because we had three less games to start with. And a lot of these games were bad games. So, yeah, that one and, and uh, the, the Bengals plus six and a half. But that one was not as close to getting on the board as the Packers woods. So. Mm-hmm. It is 24-13 at halftime, mid-Tennessee over UConn. And I have no idea what Memphis is doing right now. 14 nothing down. Great time. Losing. Locks of the week. Y'all, we're doing great. 6-1 and one each. We all got ours last week. Uh, three different ones. Chris was on the Chiefs, who beat Washington. Mark had the the Steelers, who beat Seattle, and then I was on the Cowboys, who beat the Patriots. So yeah, we uh, all had very shaky picks, though, because your two went into overtime, <laughs> and mine, the Chiefs were down at halftime. So yeah, well, it worked out in the end, but yeah, <laughs> we were all different last week. We're all the same this week. <laughs> We are rolling with we are rolling with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Everyone on tap, go get it, a Rod. Have yourself a day, young man. We either go down swinging, and we don't go down. <laughs> um. All right, dog standings, Mark. How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> 0-2 for Mark and I once again. I am the first one to go below 500. Chris, 2-0, and 10-4, pretty what? pretty good. Before we move on to the next slide, what makes me mad is I picked the Jaguars to win their first ball game, and I know Chris did as well, and I should have mm-hmm. just said, that's my dog. Yeah, Um Chris was on the Cardinals plus three and a half at Cleveland. I was on the Chargers plus two and a half at Baltimore. And then Mark 
had uh, the Panthers well, plus one and a half. It should go one and one. It should go one and one if it goes to overtime. No. Yes. <laughs> plus one and a half. NFL overtime. You don't get a win in betting. You don't get a win in betting if you have the spread on the underdog and it goes to overtime. They don't cover. So. Well, we shouldn't do both the cover. We should just do you pick pick your dog, whatever. That's the whole point. You can get bro. two wins. <laughs> I'm not a better. This week, Mark, we're together this week. It's okay. We will we will I bring hope, we will bring I Chris hope, down. We will bring Chris I down in a team effort. I hope we get back into the win column. I hope we get back. <laughs> we will bring Chris down in a team effort and we will also drag him down because the Dolphins and we beat the Falcons. Cuz they beat the Falcons and lone wolf the, the Falcons. We all picked the Colts, so this is hilarious. But but mm. Chris Lone Wolf the Falcons so we can we can double up and beat him twice. <laughs> or I, I think, gain two on I think we're all winning this week. We're all. But winning. yeah, Chris is plus four at the Niners. Mark and I plus two and a half home against the Falcons. Um. Yeah, I I like the Colts. It's it'll be close. Uh, I think I at least get one point. I think the Colts, at the very least, cover. This is true. This is why I agree with Mark when he said, I hate the two and a half, which is true, but that's fine. I'm just mad at myself last week because I talk about intuition. And I was like, this is the week that the Jaguars win. Why didn't I just make them my dog? Hell yeah, touchdown, Tigers! And Woo! now you're going with the team that the Jaguars beat last week, so. I know. I know. It's not good. It's not good company. <laughs> this week this week sucked in games. All right. Next week we'll be back regular season week eight. It is 14-7 UCF up on Memphis, but they just scored, so that's great. Memphis. Go Memphis. Um, Monday night football matchup, Saints at Seahawks. And the Thursday night matchup, Cardinals hosting the Packers. That's going to be a great Thursday night game. First loss for the Cardinals. (laughs) Could be. That's not what I wanted to do. Don't forget to follow us on all our social media at FAA Podcast on Instagram and Twitter, FAAPodcast.com. Buy some merchandise. Yes, we have our store up on our Facebook page. And uh, check us out on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, as well as here on YouTube and Facebook. Thank you all. Getting cold. And we'll see you on... All you lawyers, getting cold in Milwaukee.